This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free and bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. And joining you tonight, it's Ian. Ademo. And Mark. Ademo joining us special from LibertyOnTour.com. Always uh, good to have you here, Ademo. And, of course, you and your, your partners, Pete and Bo, are getting ready to take another trip, albeit hopefully a short one, uh, down to Greenfield, Massachusetts. I certainly want to talk more about that. Also on the way, a woman is facing 93 days in jail for planting a vegetable garden. We will tell you about that. Plus, a presidential candidate has come out uh, in favor of banning pornography. So there's all kinds of uh, interesting stuff to talk about. But of course, you... The fun just doesn't stop here on oh, Free Talk so Live. so much fun. Uh, you can call in and talk about anything you want. 800-259-9231. But Ademo, you are uh, from LibertyOnTour.com, and you guys are based out of uh, Keene, New Hampshire these days. But unfortunately, you have to leave the uh, the wonderful confines of New Hampshire, the Shire, and go down to the evil place that is uh, Massachusetts, specifically Greenfield, because you're facing a felony charge of wiretapping. Yeah, that's correct. I mean, uh, coming up here, we have uh, a trial July 18th, so uh, we're going to go back there, me, Pete, and Bo, the newest uh, member of LibriantTour.com, and we're going to try to get some accountability. We're going to wear the uh, raise awareness, hand out some more of our DVDs, get some flyers, interview some folks with, about their experiences with the Greenfield Police Department, and then hopefully, like you mentioned, complete the short trip that has a return, hopefully, to uh, Keene. That would be with, really nice. Yeah, with a uh, not guilty verdict all around. And Sometimes uh, I wonder whether that's your guy's point, though. The short trip, not guilty verdict. I just wonder. I, I hope so. I mean, uh, just recently I was facing felony uh, charges for uh, improper influence of a judge that so far has gone in my favor. And uh, Right. The, the judge you're talking about, um, Burke, Edward Burke here in Keene, uh, we've got a long history going back with him and uh, his naughty behavior. But you were asking him some questions in public on video, and he accused you of threatening him, had his men arrest you, and you were charged with a felony. That charge has since been mostly dropped, although it could come back. Yeah, it's pretty much dropped. And for those who want to see the video, they can go to copblock.org slash Burke's video, B-U-R-K-E video. Uh, one word. And basically, yeah, I asked him about three or four questions. He lied, said I was threatening him, the, yeah. had the bailiffs detain me. Before, when you watch the video, be sure to look for the threatening part. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I watched a couple of times. I was looking for that threatening. And I, you know, you never raised your voice. Exactly. Yeah. He, I was calm, cool. And I just said, I want to have a conversation with you was the last uh, right. statement I made to him when he said I was threatening him. So he had the bailiffs detain me. They held me, took me to a police station, charged me with a felony, left me in jail for two and a half days, put me on a $5,000 cash bond, which is just ridiculous, uh, which I was fortunate enough to have a, a supporter help me out and bail me out yeah. because that was great because that was the key to me having the charges dropped. I was able to uh, get the video back from the police department, publish it online. That, I think that did a lot for putting pressure on them, winning in the court of public opinion, as well as I was able to subpoena Burke. It was a little bit of a task, but uh, we did get a subpoena to Judge Burke, and I think that might have even scared them more that Burke was going to be on a, sta- on a stand answering my questions. So now you actually had to hire the sheriff. You tried to subpoena him yourself with a friend of uh, with a local activist, uh, Jason Repture, but that wasn't successful because Burke refused to take it. But then you went down to the sheriff's office, and you had to pay them to subpoena Burke. So did they actually call you with confirmation that they, they did serve it? They did not. I had to call them. Uh, didn't they say they were going to call they you? They did say 
day, and, and they said they'd do his policy, but no, they didn't. And I called, and I guess, yes, they served him about 20 minutes before the deadline. So they waited until wow. the last minute to serve him. And yeah, unfortunately, I had to pay them. Um, I was hoping to bring that up at court that, you know, uh, the Edward Burke refused the first subpoena, which he he could not do, mm-hmm. even though it wasn't from a sheriff. It doesn't have to be. And uh, But I guess that's going to have to wait for another day. Well, right, because you also had to pay Burke to show up, right? Because there's like a exactly, fee. Exactly, yeah. Burke oh, my God, fee. are you kidding me? No. The I, public servants have to be paid to show up when they're charging you with something? Yeah, but only defined in the, the law that uh, officers needed to be paid this amount and all other people was the other. And uh, so for the like distance, bucks, right? it was 30 bucks. So, yeah, right now, Burke pretty much owes me $90 as I see it. Right, because he paid Burke to show up at this uh, hearing, which they are not having now because the charge has been null prost, and so Burke got thirty dollars cash. Right, and <laughs> exactly, and to answer your question before, it's pretty much the district court is done with my charges. Um, that means I'm off of bail. The money has actually been returned uh, already, and they now can push it to the county prosecutor who can decide if he wants a grand jury to see it, mm-hmm. and if a grand jury decides to press charges on me. Now the uh, Chris McLaughlin, the DA here, said that that's rare or unlikely, but he also didn't say what time frame they have to do that, so I don't know if I'm a bad boy again in a couple months. But you're off bail, though. I'm off bail, okay. and that's that's a good thing. So Now you're going to Massachusetts. Uh, coming up, you're leaving on Sunday, is that right? Yep, we're going to head on there Sunday. Uh, you taking has, Marv, the Mobile Authority Resistance Vehicle. Yep, Marv, Pete, and Bo and I are going to head back down there. Last time, we, we also had the first week of the Free State Friendship Tour, which just concluded. Folks who want to check that out, go to libertyandtour.com slash Free State Friendship Tour. And uh, we were down there the first week of that tour, uh, raised awareness again, got a lot of folks out, distributed a lot of DVDs. We're hoping to build off of that, do a little more targeted uh, stories on victims that we met last time, do outreach, maybe even hold like a press conference type uh, meeting with officials that will of the community will invite as well as the public. And uh, really just try to hold these guys accountable and, and, of course, highlight the case. I mean, there'll be a motion and a trial, which probably will go a couple of days. So uh, you guys are going down there Sunday. You're staying for a full week, and then Monday the 18th, that's yep. the day of the trial. Yep, July 18th, 9 a.m., it kicks off. Uh, if folks are so inclined, I believe there are people who will be doing uh, FIJA and jury outreach prior nice. to uh, sign-waving pamphlet uh, handing out, so I encourage them to come by even so, as early as quarter to 8 a.m. So the idea is the jury will be selected on the same day and the trial will go on on the same day? That's how we understand it, that there is a pool. We, we've probably already missed collecting or, uh, excuse me, doing outreach to the whole juries that come in, like the mm-hmm. mass group of people, and then they have like A, B, and C jur- juries, I think, and they call these in on random weeks, um, from my understanding, but then so the pool will have to come in, and then we'll pick a jury and everyone else will get to go home, so... They're broken down into pools at this moment. And you guys are going to have a video camera in the courtroom, if all at all possible. We're hoping multiple. Uh, there's already there's a Facebook event. If people go to uh, coplock.org slash Greenfield, the event to the trial will be there. They can uh, RSVP as well, see what other folks are doing, coordinate uh, rides, uh, now, outreach, signs, everything. Now, coplock.org slash Greenfield, that's pretty much the go-to page to get the full history, like from the very beginning of why this even happened with you guys at the jail, recording a video at the jail openly, and then being accosted by the bureaucrats there, the cops called out, the cop accosts you, and then... Uh, you know, at that point, uh, you're arrested. Right, exactly. People can go to uh, coplock.org slash Greenfield, and that has everything. We were arrested uh, July 1st, 2010, so it's over a year now. Yeah, that's right. And everything from the very bottom of the post up uh, to most recent. And there's a few updates at the top. There's a 27-minute long documentary-style video 
where it highlighted pretty much up until this past uh, March. And so that, that will get people caught up to speed if they got about 27 minutes. Otherwise, yes, you can select through post. We have everything from motions we filed, reports of all the police officers. Everything is public on this post. This Everybody. Is, this is a pretty big deal. I mean, this trial, it's happening, not just because it's you guys and your, you know, your friends of mine, but also because in Massachusetts, Massachusetts is one of the worst of the worst as far as states regarding how they treat people who record the police. Absolutely. Yeah, they are. They have uh, one of the worst uh, wiretapping laws that the police. It isn't designed for the police. It doesn't really protect the police. It's used for everybody. But police are abusing it uh, to deter people from filming uh, them. So in in this state, they they have routinely uh, with Anthony Gruber and the motorcycle. Well, that was Maryland actually. Mass. Yeah, it was, um, Massachusetts probably has actually a pretty ordinary wiretap law. It's just the enforcement that they've been using um, in Massachusetts. There have been a couple of cases. Yours is just among them um, where, you know, it's it's amazing what they're getting away with. I mean, videotaping with a camcorder is wiretapping. I mean, clearly this is a, uh, you know, a miscarriage right. of, of what the, the, you know, the framers of whatever this law were, were intending. They didn't call it the wiretapping law. They, um, if, you know, cops weren't supposed to be videotaped out in the open. Otherwise it'd be calling, be called the recording pe- police in public law. But then again, we do live in a, uh, in a time, in a world, uh, in a country where gardening is illegal. So recording the police, uh, anything they say, anything they don't like, they'll make it illegal. They'll go after you for it, and they're going to try to go after you guys, and we're going to stand behind you as much as possible. 800-259-9231. You take control. Bring up anything. Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything you want at 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there free. Uh, and those features include the bulletin board system. You can go and interact with other Free Talk Live listeners over at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs freetalklive.com Free Talk Live brought to you by the Free State Project, bringing liberty-minded people together all to the same place to get active to achieve liberty in our lifetime and it's it makes a difference when you get people together who love freedom, not only do you end up having a social scene that is just unsurpassed in the liberty movement but you also end up having really great activism activism that uh, in my lifetime has was impossible uh, down in florida i mean i could have couldn't have really even it would have been my wildest imagination to to have happen what has happened already here in new hampshire same with me in wisconsin no way this would have happened there I mean, right and when, when I, I want to stress that point for me what i expected what i imagined when i signed up for the free state project has occurred 
you know, we've got uh, 12 to 15 Liberty reps um, in the state house. That's that, that to me is a big deal. They've got uh, some legislation that's gone through. There's been a uh, 12% decrease in the budget as far as the I heard budget. that passed, by the way. Well, I... it didn't pass as much as the governor just didn't sign it, right? What? what? So- so that goes, means it passed. It right? passed. Yes, it's it's gone through. So I okay. mean, the, the governor, you know, either signs. That's the thing is about this governor is all governors in New Hampshire are weak. It's mm-hmm. a weak position compared to other states. So you know, if he just doesn't sign a piece of legislation, it becomes law. Interesting. So there have been political successes, and of course, the you know there have been some civil disobedience, just amazing uh, success in the world of civil disobedience up here. So go to freestateproject.org to learn more about some of what's going on up here. Learn the 101 reasons to move to New Hampshire and start making plans to get up here. Freestateproject.org, because we need more people here sooner rather than later. The more we can get in New Hampshire the better off we're all going right. to I don't know how many more charges I can take, so we need someone to jump in here for a minute. That's just it. You know, I mean, it's it's tough, uh, Ademo, you and I being in uh, this kind of position of, you know, two of the guys of the, a smaller group of activists, because we talked in detail about this, I think it was last night on the show, about uh, an article that I wrote recently over at freekeen.com talking about uh, a certain incident when uh, Bo, your partner, was yep. arrested at uh, Keene District Court. How it is that when the man in the robe said to everyone in the audience after they all laughed at some absurdity, like, you know, him commenting on, you know, how it's ruining the dignity of the court, everybody laughed. Uh, He then said something to the effect of, well, I'm going to ask everyone to leave before I come back to finish this hearing. Right. Yeah, I read that. And then you were saying how everyone left. I was arriving at the court around that time. I got there probably about five minutes sooner and was talking to bailiffs out in the hallway. Mm -hmm. Plus, I had a hat on, so I was contemplating if I wanted to get into this mess having all the work I had on. But Anyways, I was surprised at how many people had left, too, that, like, at what point, you know, we, we have good numbers. I mean, there's always about 15, 20 activists in court on, like, you know, just a normal charge, nothing yeah. too serious, like typical. You can count attendance. on at least a yeah. dozen, for sure. So, I mean, that's a good number, but it's not quite enough. 30, 40, like, people are going to stay. Well, you that's know, why 50. I say, that's why I say, if we've got uh, 100 people in that courtroom, then if they say something like, well, everybody, you know, I'm going to ask you all to leave, then if half the people leave, you still got 50 people in the right. courtroom. And, so that's why we need more more people. And I think people also need to practice taking baby steps into the world of, of non-cooperation. It can be a really empowering experience. But part of the problem is, once you get into it, you don't want to get out of it. Like, once you start non-cooperating and doing civil disobedience, it kind of it kind of hooks you exactly like, you like it's good to say no and it feels good to say no and then if you're like on bail like you and i were uh, last week i'm still on bail right now you're off of it but you're on bail they arrest you for anything you got another contempt of court charge you go in you possibly go into the pokey for an you know until right. you won't the, until be able to trial. defend yourself because you're in jail yeah. right so you kind of have to walk on eggshells to some extent when you're when you're out and on bail but you don't want to because you want to stand up for freedom you want to stand up for whatever you know people are being aggressed against and that's why people staying together and being you know having solidarity for lack of a better term uh, I think could really go a long way right the man is uh, quite good at putting a lot of pressure on an individual who constantly says no but as a group I mean, not only would he back up the court over the same issue, but like I observed this last time in the uh, county jail here, it's full. You know, 12 people could get arrested. They could figure out a way to probably shift around enough beds. Mm-hmm. 50 or 100, there's, they're going to have to decide whether to lock you up or kick somebody else out. You know, 100 people, 
you can't just you know flip around a few beds or put something on the floor for a hundred people. Yeah. So the numbers is definitely key. So numbers are the the critical issue here. And so go to freestateproject.org to learn more about what's happening. But I, I also agree with you, Adamo, that it's nice to have different waves of activism. So like, for instance, uh, before we moved here, I was inspired to, to come here by some of the civil disobedience that folks like uh, Russell Canning and Cat uh, Canning were doing. Uh, Russell, by the way, was recently arrested uh, for chalking a federal court building or some federal building down in Texas. And I have, I have yet to hear any update on uh, his status they apparently have disappeared him down there so that's a pretty bad uh, bad scene but anyway i was inspired by those early civil disobedience folks uh, and then i moved here and i encouraged other people to move and there was kind of like another wave of civil disobedience activists after russell and cat kind of had you know retired from civil disobedience so to speak and uh, and so the, you know they're going to have to be different waves because one person can only bear so much uh, the more that you get arrested, the more likely they are to hit you with like a repeat offender status, and then lock I'd you up like for to see longer. more of a wave. I think it's just more of like some people have in and out, in and out. Like one one person goes, one person comes type thing. Like we need a wave or like five more people. Well, aren't you guys going to work then. on something like that for next summer? Oh yeah, I mean we are. Hopefully the uh, I mean the the quick idea is the summer of rage. Radicals advocating government extinction, 2012 from Key, New Hampshire. <laughs> It'll pretty much be like a real world experience, but for activists. So like everything will be filmed about 20 people in one house. And uh, wow. we, we hope to bring all, all types of activism, political outside the system, tracking numbers down the whole works. Uh, That'd be fantastic. Yeah, so hopefully it works out, but so is that something that Liberty on tour.com will be facilitating? Yep, exactly. It'll okay. be through Liberty on tour.com. And, uh, well, I mean, it's 2012 is the projection for it. So there's still a lot of to hash out some, uh, charges to get rid of and a, a possible another tour in the middle. So yeah, there's but, a, there's still a lot to do up here and, uh, and we can't handle it all by ourselves. No. So if you are excited by what's going on in New Hampshire, it doesn't have to be keen. Just get your butt up to just New move, Hampshire. Move, move yeah, uh, right now. You know, there's a lot of people out in Manchester. That's that's a real destination. There's a lot of you know, it's a big economy. It's a biggest city. Uh, I think the seacoast is attracting uh, some folks as well. Families, I think, are a lot of families are moving out there. But we're starting to see diver- more diversity in uh, in the movement. There's more, uh, I guess, families moving up to Keene, and there's uh, there's actually single women apparently moving up here as well, which is you know nice to see because it's been a mostly male kind of dominated uh, movement, single males for the most part. For a I long blame time. the males for that. All they got to do is just go out and date somebody there you, you know, go should work wouldn't be that hard right, right. so coming up here uh, again libertyontour.com for more with the demo he's going to stick with us here for most of the show and then i think your partner pete's going to yeah, come pete, in pete'll come in sub out so we'll talk to him as well uh, michigan woman facing 93 days in jail for planting a vegetable garden now if you may recall we talked recently about a guy who was facing a five thousand dollar fine uh, for gardening too much so you could have a garden. I think this one was in Georgia. He could have a garden, but if he's got too many veggies in his garden, then it becomes like you know a commercial operation it or something. Too nonsense. prolific for them, yeah. Yeah. So they charged him with a five thousand dollar fine. We'll find out what's happening with this uh, lady here. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. Thank you. 
I can truthfully say that VerbalSurgery.com, best daggum podcast I've ever learned to change my neurology right now. Feeling good, feeling better about myself right now. VerbalSurgery.com gets inside of my brain, massages those sweet old brain lobes inside of my head. Feeling better right now. Even now I feel better and I want to go and listen to some VerbalSurgery.com right now. Go do it, baby. Feeling good. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site completely free. So enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com. And those features include archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, click and download. They are yours for free. Just head on over to freetalklive.com. You'll see the last week's worth at the top of the page. Then click into the archive section to go all the way back to late 2006. All of it free for you at freetalklive.com. How does a cruise to Bermuda sound? How about a cruise to Bermuda with Stefan Molyneux, Wes Bertrand of Complete Liberty, and me, Mark Edge? This cruise isn't just a convention on the water. It's an unconference where the event is what you want to make of it. There'll certainly be some speeches and a debate, but the boat has an ice skating rink, rock climbing wall, miniature golf, and a whole bunch more to do. The ship leaves Bayonne, New Jersey in November, but you should reserve your berth now. Go to cruise.freetalklive.com. As I understand it, there are still berths available. Do it today, cruise.freetalklive.com. All right, toll-free number again, 800-259-9231. So the news is from Gawker. Dot com, where it's summertime, so let's harvest some locally grown organic outrage. A Michigan woman is facing up to 93 days in jail for planting a vegetable garden in her own front yard. Oak Park, Michigan resident Julie Bass planted the vegetable beds in her front yard because the price of organic food is so high. But the city booked Bass under a regulation that says a front yard has to have suitable live plant material. Apparently, people were offended that her lawn wasn't an artificially lush, perfectly flat carpet of green grass. You know, this has always baffled me about sort of America and why in the world have we turned into a nation of grass farmers? I mean, this this plant, this vegetable, it is not useful for anything other than sort of playing sports on or something. I, I you know, this it, is it's still no ref- this is no reflection of America, though. This is some ornery bureaucrat who has some fetish for green lawns who's now going to use its abuse of power to say, uh, you know, actually, this lady was complained up upon. And I'm not going to say I'm not so, saying okay, that so it's one neighbor. Then that's a grass. At least, at least one like this. I mean, there are people who are obsessed over having the perfect green lawn. I was right? just saying that Mark was saying that when did we, the Americans or whatever, become this? True. Like, it was collectivizing. Yes, that's it's not fair. Well, a little it's, far. Well, go, drive down the street. I'm not collectivizing. Look at people. They're they're worried about these stinking uh, this grass. It does nothing. Maybe they're worried about it, complain about it. But if we went around that neighborhood and asked, would you want to pay for this woman to go to jail for 93 days? Mo- I, I would hope the majority, nine out of 10 at least, would say no. And the one crazy guy on the block doesn't. I, I'm not sure that the uh, the person who turned her in would have wanted that either. All they want to do is control your behavior. And this lady has said no. And I think that that's what people need to do is say no. Meaning she's not going to put grass plugs in or whatever. Well, she, <laughs> she's, she's kept her beautiful. 
and all you have to do is see a picture of this beautiful raised bed garden uh, that she has going on there. And by the way, it's not all vegetables. She has and, and plenty of vegetables flower. But there are flowers in this, and it's it's attractive. There's nothing wrong with this. According to uh, myfoxdetroit.com, and I suppose Oak Park is somewhere near Detroit. It is near Detroit. Uh, the price of organic food, she says, is kind of through the roof, said Julie Bass, so why not grow your own? However, Bass's garden is a little unique because it's in her front lawn. She said, we thought it'd be really cool to do it so the neighbors could see. The kids love it. The kids from the neighborhood all come and help. Bass's cool garden has landed her in hot water with the city of Oak Park. Code enforcement gave her a warning, then a ticket, and now she's been charged with a misdemeanor. That's right. Misdemeanor typically means up to a year in jail in most places, by the way, in case you didn't know that. She said, I think it's uh, that Bass told Fox 2's Alexis Wiley that I think it's sad the city of Oak Park that's already strapped for cash is paying a lot of money to have a, pro- a prosecutor bothering us. I agree. Um, and, and besides that, they're threatening her with jail 93 days. Yeah. I mean, what, the people of Oak Park need to be paying that to, to, to keep this woman in a cage and feed her bologna sandwiches for 93 days? Well, Oak Park City planner Kevin Rulkowski says that's not what we want to see in a front yard. Yep. That's what it's he says. Not your front yard, buddy. That's Who cares? Well, Move. It and, is and this his is front the yard. thing is though, he it's that's really encapsulates it though. It's what we want. And we the it, city. Right. Well, he the, didn't the city it if, at all. if it was the if it was the, the elected politicians in the city, they say that it's suitable plant material, which means that, you know, it, it's really up to the bureaucrats. That's what the next question here in this piece from My Fox Detroit says is why? Well, the city's pointing to a code that says the front yard has to be suitable or has to have li- suitable live plant material. The big question is what is suitable? So we asked Bass whether th- she thinks she has suitable live plant material. She says it's definitely live, it's definitely plant, and it's definitely material. We think it's suitable. So we asked Rukowski, or Rukowski why it's not suitable. And his response is as follows. If you look at the definition of what suitable is in Webster's Dictionary, it will say common. So if you look around and you look in any other community, what's common to a front yard is a nice grass yard with beautiful trees and bushes and flowers. Uh, uh, so I'm sorry, lady. You're just not common enough. Well, and, and you're oh, not common enough, so you'll go to jail now for not, 93 days. Okay, so um, you know, there's he he gets the he get you know there's the gimme on this one. He he sort of wins that, but think about some. Oh, of he these, doesn't win that. Well, it's true the gr- yeah. grass is in most yards, but think about this for a second. Um, there is grass that can grow out of control. I mean, the, the, there's lots of they sh- during the news report here on this. They showed lots of pictures that they drove. Around around Oak Park and got pictures of people's lawns who are out of control. Bushes and, and you know shrubs are just growing all over mm-hmm. the place. So you can have an out-of-control common lawn, but you can't have a well-manicured, beautiful, uncommon lawn. Well, no, see, he doesn't win anything, Mark, because he's an aggressor, and it doesn't matter to me what he thinks other people are doing or what other people are doing with their lawns. It should have no bearing what most people do with their lawns. He's basically saying, you need to be like everyone else, lady. And I find that to be despicable. Uh, me too. And he's saying, I'll put you in a cage for it. I mean, That's they're right. going to use force. Do they say anything about, if she just goes to jail, are they going to come to like her property with a bulldozer? Because obviously she doesn't sound like she's going to Good question. remove them herself. I would imagine they may do something drastic like that because, uh, well, well, she's supposed to get a jury trial on this. And then a jury of, I think she's relying on a jury of her peers to decide that this is stupid. 
I hope they'll, so. They'll drop this before then, but still, the threats uh, have been I don't made. know that they will. I mean, <laughs> first they came after her with threats and then fines and, and now a misdemeanor Who knows, charge? Man, they may try to stack the jury with grass growers. Well, I, the, the jury's full of grass growers. And unfortunately, juries tend to be old people, and old people tend to spend more time on their grass than, than most. But is all people need to do is see a picture of this. What the average homeowner is going to be concerned with is property value. And I don't think that this lady's raised bed gardens in the front of her house are doing anything to the property value. It shouldn't matter if she had two old, rotting 57 Oldsmobiles in her front yard. It's her property. Well, she's going to jail if that's the case. I mean, I'm just saying. What do you mean? That's the reality. If she puts, go, go ahead, go ahead and put two old rotting Oldsmobiles in your front yard. Call the call it performance art, and see if see if your butt doesn't go to jail. Then she's probably going to go to jail in this case. I don't know. I don't think so. Well, that's just how warped people are then these days. That yeah. they'll call the cops or the code enforcer. If you want to, if you want to avoid living next to somebody with two beat up old cars in their front lawn or boxed gardens, then you need to live in a deed restricted neighborhood where you and your neighbors have agreed to a certain set of terms as far as how you'll behave with the outside of your home. Otherwise, I think it should be absolutely anything goes. Your thoughts are welcome at 800-259-9231. But uh, my Fox Detroit asked the bureaucrat what he would say to those who feel that this is ridiculous. And he responded by saying that I would argue that you won't find that opinion from most people in Oak Park. In fact, the news story when they went around and uh, the, the the news organization here um, did my Fox, whatever Detroit uh, went out, went around and asked people. They were like, "Yeah, this is ridiculous." I mean, <laughs> people just person after person after person. Right. Can't yeah, you stop dumb. me for this? Right. They did find one old geezer that wouldn't get on that only allowed her feet to be uh, <laughs> to be videotaped. Said that she wanted it uh, undone. Well, there was apparently one neighbor who wasn't a fan and thinks it needs to go. She uh, he said, "I know there's a backyard. Do it in the backyard." They say, why would, why should you, why should you grow things in the front? Well, why shouldn't I? They're fine, they're pretty, and they're well maintained. Said Bass. I agree. It looks like the critical debate is headed for a jury trial, and neither side is backing down. She says, I could sell out and save my own self and just not have them bother me anymore, but there's no telling what they're going to harass the next person about. Good for her. That's the right position to take. You got to make a stand if you yep. want to have freedom. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Do you want to take back control of your own money? Then take a look at Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the world's first decentralized, anonymous internet currency, and it's gaining popularity every day. It's free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use Bitcoins anywhere in the world, and their value seems to only be growing with time. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.org. Your dollars are going down. Bitcoins are going up. WeUseCoins.org. Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. Ademo. And Mark. Ademo joining us courtesy of libertyontour.com. Make sure you drop on by to see what those guys are up to because there's always something happening there. In fact, they're going down to Massachusetts in just over a week's time for a trial where Ademo and uh, Pete will be facing felony wiretapping charges for recording the police out in the open. Now, 
I'm sure you guys are aware of what happened with John Kurtz, the activist from OrlandoCopWatch.com down in Florida. He did not get charged with a wiretapping violation for recording the police. But when he was recording the police on video, I guess they were abusing somebody and he pulled out his camera and uh, did some cop watching. He was arrested and charged with disorderly conduct. was obstructing, felony obstructing, right, of an investigation investigation. slash officer. No, well, actually, the felony was there was a couple misdemeanors and there was one felony. The felony was assault on a police officer. Uh, which he was not found guilty of because there was video evidence exonerating him of, of that one or vindicating him. And uh, But he was convicted of resisting arrest. You guys are only facing the wiretapping charges. Is that right? No, that's not. Uh, we have wiretapping charges. I have resisting arrest and trespassing okay. as well as a possible disorderly conduct. I'm not too sure yet. And then Pete has... An additional felony for an alleged ammunition charge. Oh, that thing's still going, huh? Yeah, there is a motion to suppress the evidence on that as well as a vehicle manipulation number. Because in uh, in Massachusetts, it's like a total police state as far as gun ownership is concerned. You can't even have ammunition. He didn't have a gun. He just had allegedly had ammunition. Yeah, allegedly had ammunition. But uh, on Monday, they're going to have to answer why they were looking in a locked storage unit in a closed uh, ammo box for a VIN number. So it's going to be a hard answer, question to answer. So you guys actually have a hearing on Monday in Greenfield? Yes, Pete has a hearing on Monday to suppress um, the reason for searching the RV. Mm-hmm. Uh, a moment to bring people back. The We were arrested at the Green, or excuse me, the Franklin County Jail and about two and a half blocks north and, a, I don't know, a little ways west, the uh, RV was parked, Marv, the Mobile Authority Resistance Vehicle, and they had no reason. It wasn't involved in the arrest at all. No right. reason other than to punish us further to go in it. And that's what they did. So hopefully that will get thrown out because it's not related. There's no reason to go in the RV. So even if they, uh, let's say the jury in, in your case, decides to find you not guilty on the wiretapping charges, you're still facing uh, two or three misdemeanors. Yeah. And just like John, I mean, it, it, but to most folks, if you'd ask them, they would assume, like I had thought, that if the original reason for you being arrested uh, is thrown out, then any subsequent charge afterwards that was a direct result of that, like resisting arrest. If I don't think I should be arrested and I turn out to be right, then how can I still be guilty of resisting even if you actually resisted? Apparently you apply. can. I know, In that's crazy Most people would system. think logic would say yes. If you shouldn't have been arrested and if you, should not, and if you weren't arrested, you would not have resist. Therefore, if you... First reason yeah, for being if it's arrested. a bad arrest, if you're found not guilty of the arrest, then resisting right. arrest should be tossed out. Right. But unfortunately, that's why the system isn't about justice, but it's about compliance. It's know, about money. obedience and cash. They want yep. to extract as much of both of those things from you as they possibly can. Let's go to you and your thoughts. Pat is listening in Athens, Ohio to WAIS. Hello, Pat. Hey, good evening, guys. Hey, um, what's on your mind tonight, Pat? Well, I wanted to talk a little bit about education, but I've been listening to your conversation do you begin to feel like we're living in a feudalistic state and they're using the police to control us peasants who have to serve the elite ruling class? I mean, that's what it's beginning yeah, to feel Yeah, I mean, like they actually me. call – the police will actually call you subject. I'm not sure that it, uh, it's beginning to do that. I, I think that it's it may very way. well have been that way all along. Um, I think that, <laughs> <laughs> I think that uh, um, uh, Maryland was set up as a fiefdom, um, that uh, Pennsylvania was given to William Penn as a uh, war debt to the king. He could set it up any way he want. He, ch- he chose to uh, set it up with more religious freedom, but that's pretty much go- – the great experiment is, or whatever that was called uh, is uh, pretty much gone. And I, but I – I really do think that property taxes are essentially the, uh, the, 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 the bounty that one pays the Lord as the vassal. It's amazing to me. And, and it, just, it just hit me as you, were telling, you know, as you were talking about 
what what they're going through with the police and how they're they're, they're just intrusive and and they do whatever they want. Anyhow, anyhow, education is my thing. I develop and build charter schools. Um, charter schools are a step in the right direction, but we still have the thumb of the government on everything we do. Mm-hmm. I um, agree with that. I am uh, I am looking to start establishing a private school system, but you know where where I think you. And I, you as libertarians, and, and myself as a uh, foundationalist, a constructionalist, uh, uh, a constitutionalist, uh, I, I want to infuse Christianity back into the school system. Well, first of all, I'm not a libertarian. I don't know if anybody on this show would self-describe as a libertarian. I am a voluntarist. Uh, and I don't, so am I. I'm, yeah, I'm not going to speak for Mark. I don't know how he would describe it. I'm him. a Quaker. Quaker. Uh, so, well, you know, hey, good. dude, if you want to start your own school and put Jesus in it all over the place, that's your business. And, and I think I think that's a true path to lasting restoration. I think we have. I, I, I I'll, I'll put it to you this way: I think we are under a state religion right now, and it's called secular humanism. So, so um, we are. Funding what is secular humanism? Secular humanism is where man extols himself as God. He is the end all and be all to his life and his existence, which sounds a little bit like a libertarian, but but. But, Why would that um, sound like a libertarian? I don't understand. I think I think the libertarians um, they want to be their be all and end all uh, to everything, and 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 I'm not so. I don't know what that means. That. Can you tell me more about what you mean by that? Well, um, let's see. They want to live for their own sake, which is fine. Okay, uh, and, and they can do whatever don't they want. They can. Who doesn't I'm live sorry? for their own sake? I mean, if you don't take care of you, how can you take care of anybody else? Exactly. Understand. Understand. Um, the libertarianism, uh, I believe, carries it maybe a little bit too far. I can't swear. Uh, I can't swear um, uh, abortion, uh, which I hear a libertarian stand that says, you know, well, it's her body; she can do what she wants. I, I think that abortion actually is a um, is an issue that exists outside of the the liberty movement. There are people that believe uh, two different things that the, they believe that uh, life should be protected and that one's uh, right to one's body should be protected. Um, you know, I mean. I, I think that either one of those is a libertarian position, so I don't think that the abortion is a, is a liberty issue. Well, that helps. Thank you. Um, Although I would and, say and, that a woman owns her own body and she can do whatever she damn well pleases And I would say it. that uh, a woman is responsible for her actions, and if she creates a fetus, it's not like she didn't know what the hell was going to happen, and she's responsible for that. Meaning you put her in a cage if she got rid of it? I don't think that uh, I, I don't think that uh, creating a prohibition uh, worked in the past on it, but I do think that it is moral culpability. So how would you hold her responsible? Uh, I think that she should have uh, she should take responsibility for her actions. Well, what does that mean? I mean, does she that mean should, she can have an abortion? Or she not? should bring the child to to term. And if she doesn't, I I don't know. Well, what do you what could you possibly do about it? Okay, as long as you're not advocating putting her in a cage, would you cage a woman like that, uh, sir, Pat? Would I? Um, I would not cage a woman like that, but I, okay. there's responsibility intercourse is for procreation. Okay. Hey, if, if you want to ostracize somebody for, if it, to it is to no. get us, is to get us together. It's, it's fine with me, man. If you want to, if you want to ostracize somebody for doing something that you don't like, that's fine. As long as you aren't advocating putting somebody in a cage for making a decision about their own, you know, their own person, then that's uh, that's fine by me. So I guess I don't. Really I, I don't understand. like how you characterize that. It's not a decision about her own person. It's a decision to end a human life. 
Uh, yeah, well, that's your opinion. No, uh, it's not my opinion. What else opinion? is it? No, no. Look, it's a if I can't kill you, it's a if I get charged with if I get charged with uh, you know killing the child, mm-hmm. if I'm a robber, then why shouldn't she be charged with killing the robber uh, killing the child? It's not a child. It's a fetus. uh, Well, then in that case, the law should be designed that uh, if you kill a pregnant woman, that you're not charged with two murders. At this point, you shouldn't be. Well, (laughs) that's your opinion. And it stinks. The fact is, it's a human life. It's nothing but a human life. It's got 46 chromosomes. And if you're going to change the definition of human life, well, you can do it in your own little world, but it doesn't change reality. You can both have a different definition of human life. I mean, it's two, you, neither one's right or wrong. You just you, you have a stance on one issue. He has a stance on one issue. And if that butts heads or is a, a deal breaker, which is obviously not because you share a show, so be it. So I don't think there's really an answer to abortion. It's a wasteless topic. Pat, whatever, uh, what else do you want to share tonight? Well, I'm just looking for uh, some unity in getting the government out of the education business. I'm there. Get them out of everything. A, yeah, yeah, there you go. Get them out of everything. Hey, thanks, um, Pat. Appreciate hearing from you tonight at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can uh, take control of the airways, and I agree with you, Adamo. Nobody's ever going to agree on this topic. People feel very strongly about this particular issue, and as long as, you aren't, as, long as you're not willing to put somebody in a cage uh, over it, then that's fine with me, because people should be free to control their own bodies. If there's something in there that they don't want, they should be able to take it out. And people should be responsible for their actions, and they should not kill other people. Right. But they're not, so don't talk to the ones that you don't like. Toll-free number is 800-259-9231. I would agree with you there, Mark. I don't think hum- uh, fetuses are people. 800-259-9231. You can take control. When do they start being people? That's a good question. I don't have an answer for you. At four or five? I don't know. I don't have an answer I for mean, you. I mean, I can tell you, Mike, my, my son's uh, his, his personality two probably is isn't next. the same You as- can take control. This is Free Talk Live. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free, bring up what you want at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those. And if you like the show, there are different ways to support Free Talk Live. We'll tell you about those here in a little bit. But the actual main feature of the site allows you to control the content of the site. You find something online you think is interesting, you just submit it over at freetalklive.com as show prep, and then other listeners vote as to whether or not they like or dislike your suggestion. You get to vote as well on things. And the most voted up, make it to the front page and the top of the site. So go and get interactive over at freetalklive.com. And of course, we'll take your calls about whatever you want. The toll-free number again is 1-800-259-9231. So there's National news about pornography, and Mark, you're going to bring us the story. Yeah, it's from ABC News at blogs.abcnews.com. Um, looks like it's uh, ABC's Russell Gore- Goldman here. Uh, 
that's doing the reporting. Michelle Bachman became the first presidential candidate to sign a pledge vowing to support a constitutional amendment that defines marriage between a man and a woman and which calls for a ban on all pornography. The Marriage Vow, a declaration of dependence upon marriage and family, sponsored by the Family Leader, an Iowa-based conservative organization, equates same-sex marriage with bigamy and polygamy and calls on all candidates uh, to promise to be faithful to their spouses. (laughs) I'm interested, you know, that if they would – if this is a uh, sort of biblically-based organization, um, polygamy and bigamy are – there's nothing unusual with those in the Bible – God didn't seem to have a problem with that behavior at one point. Well, these people have made a decision about what uh, they believe everyone in the world should be like, and that is they should be like them. Everyone in the world should be like me, according to these folks. And it's just the most crazy viewpoint. It's, and they're not the only ones who hold that particular viewpoint. All kinds of people around the world have this viewpoint that I am right and my viewpoint is the correct one. And if I say marriage is between a man and a woman, then that's the way it should be. And if you disagree, well, we're going to put you in a cage until you figure out that we're right. And it's just gross. Leave people alone. Why can't folks just be left alone? Apparently, this doesn't just stop with same-sex marriage and uh, and and. Uh, you know, pornography. It also goes on. The two-page pledge includes a declaration, excuse me, um, a declaration of dependence on marriage and the family, then blames several factors for the deterioration of traditional marriage, including quickie divorce and unmarried couples living together. The pledge also describes homosexuality as a choice and not genetic. Hold on. They said that unmarried couples living together contributes to divorce? Yes. How the hell does that make any sense? This, no, actually, it uh, c- d- contributes to the deterioration of traditional marriage, I guess. Meaning that somebody wouldn't get married sooner if they're just it living together? It deteriorates traditional marriage. I'm just trying to understand traditional what Traditional marriage means you get together, you get married, then you move into a house. Right. If you give it, do it in the wrong order, it deteriorates it. <laughs> It's deteriorating. These right people now. are absolutely crazy. Yeah, no, they're right. The traditional marriage is deteriorating. Um, I mean, that much is true. Traditions are are or evolving. Pro- right. Yeah. There you go. Evolving. <laughs> evolving. That makes more sense. I mean, it would seem to me that it would be uh, for a, you'd have a stronger marriage if you actually lived together before you got married with somebody. Yeah. They want everybody to get married though, like as soon as possible. Yeah, and stay that way. And what is traditional? Like you can't stand one another. You sleep in separate beds. You drink until you pass out. Like what is the I, I, their traditional? belief is that somewhere in time people you know lived together in holy matrimony and that was better because they didn't get divorces nearly as often. Um, I guess they, I guess they must not have cheated on each other either. I I, I don't know. I mean they have this idea this fanciful concept. Uh, yeah, it's it's marriage. one of these you know conservative. Generally means they've gone back into the past, um, usually an imagination, right? Imaginary past, and picked a time and a place and decided that one was better. Let's get back there. Right. Well, more power to these people. Don't they realize that, uh, like Ian said, they can have this, and instead of using the force of the state, they can just write a book and let whoever wants to buy it voluntarily buy it and uh, adopt those practices, and they don't have to have their uh, Victoria's Secret catalog mailed to their house because I'm sure that's classified as pornography as well, or will be at some point. Or the swimsuit issue, so go have it. Write your book. Have a good nice life. Well, that would be that would be the persuasive way to do things, Ademo, and that would be the right way to approach trying to spread a viewpoint a or logical. a belief system. Yeah. Uh, but uh, people are uh, they're acclimated to this idea that well, 
somebody's tried to force me to do something, so I'm going to go ahead and try to force my way on everybody else. And maybe maybe my group, my side, will be strong enough to overpower everybody, and we'll, we'll go ahead and shove our belief system Who down their throat. Who can pay the bully the most? Because that, wor- if- that works. Getting people to you know, pick up your belief system, shove it down their throat, that'll really make it so they uh, appreciate and understand your belief system and really embrace, embrace it. So, oh, no, no, it won't. It'll completely have the opposite of uh, intended effects. And I can't imagine how horrible things will be if they actually do ban pornography. That's a scary idea because it's not going to go away. Well, they were basically trying it under the Bush administration. I mean, they were they were well, going after uh, certain porn purveyors. Yeah, they went after the more extreme porn, uh, yeah. like the uh, – I can't really get into descriptive as to what they did in these <laughs> porns. Uh, but they involve bodily functions, let's say. Uh, they involve violence, uh, let's say. porn. Yeah. Uh, they went after those producers, some of those producers, and they jailed. Uh, I think Max Hardcore was one of the guys' names. They yep. jailed that guy, and so certainly they did begin this kind of track. And it doesn't surprise me that people want to take that even further. But to ban all, for- she, she signed something that says she agrees with banning all forms of pornography. Right. Well, that's like a internet censorship because that's what's going to take because the internet is not going to be bannable. For it's going to take porn. a huge enforcement effort because the porn industry is tremendously large, especially on. Online, uh, they. I just want to bring something to these people's attention. Maybe they don't understand. Maybe they didn't pay attention during uh, when they were learning about prohibition of alcohol. Prohibition works the same way across the board. Whenever you say to uh, folks, "Hey, you can't do that," uh, if people want to do that, they do it, and they are willing. Most of them are willing to take the risk of whatever punishment is is to come uh, for doing that. In the case of pornography, if they push pornography underground. It'll become an incredibly dangerous profession because uh, you at this time in pornography, you do have a situation where they are concerned about sexually transmitted diseases. Pornography, uh, the, the porn stars are tested for these things. These are, this, is a, this is a concern. But if porn is made behind in the shadows, if porn is made in you know secretive locations with a secretive uh, crew, people wearing bags over their heads, I don't know, you know, blurring people's uh, persons out, so to speak. This. Uh, it's ridiculous. No, They're just going to drive it. it underground. But and that's make what I'm it more saying. You're gonna, right. You're driving it underground. You're making it more dangerous. The uh, the actors and the actresses will be paid. Uh, I don't know what the pay will be. I don't know if it'll go up or down or how that'll end up working out. But either way, uh, people will be abused more often. People will be sold into slavery more often uh, to act in these porns because all of it will have to be done, produced, distributed, viewed, all in the underground. All the only in the black good thing that came out of this whole story or release is that this guarantees Michelle Bachman will not be president. Yeah, indeed. Uh, I'm so with awesome. you. Anybody who would sign this is, needs to go. Um, and well, that's a good point because, I mean, the conservative movement is probably full of secret porn watchers, so they won't want that to go away. Yeah, right. I'm not sure I'm not sure if she is, but I can tell you that there's a lot of problems with this. So first off, um, she, you know, <laughs> just makes it so gay people will never vote for Republicans. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this is, this is where Republicans really fall down on the job and that they don't understand uh, what, the t- what the two-party system has in store for them. Yes, Republicans are having their heyday now, but let's look two or three decades down the road when Republicans continue to ostracize illegals, which really means Mexicans. Um, so Mexicans are voting Democrat. Uh, you know, black people are pretty sure that they know who the who the KKK votes uh, votes with. And uh, there's the old, you know, what the, the Southern agenda or whatever uh that the Republicans had back in the the eighties when when Reagan got uh, into power, and the gays are pretty sure that the Republicans don't want them to be able to get married. So as these groups and 
the Mexicans are going to definitely grow, and uh, you know minority groups are growing as these groups continue to get more powerful. The Republicans get more and more marginalized. I mean, these issues the Republicans have taken on for themselves have sad are sadly the death knell for that party. They're either going to have to change or die. And I'll tell you, conservatives hate change. They hate it. It's their very name says, I don't like change. When Ron Paul's supporters came into their conventions in 2008 and tried to get interactive and and do things within the political party, they shut off their microphones. They intimidated them. They tried to stop them from doing it. You're right, Mark. 800-259-9231. The idea of banning pornography is one of the scariest things that that I've heard. You don't think that making it hard to get a divorce is scary? That's a pretty bad idea, too. More coming up. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. The Ruger LC9, compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP, features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip, and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com LC9. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com, and enjoy the features there for free. We've got a bunch of stuff, including the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing that they are listeners of this program. Shrine.freetalklive.com will get you there at shrine.freetalklive.com. Ruger has some exciting new offerings for this model year. The LC9 is a new, slightly larger cousin to the very popular LCP. It's compact, has numerous safety features, a three-dot sight system, and Ruger always has and always will mean rugged. The Ruger LC9, the next handgun you must own. Made in America, made for you. Ruger.com. You can go over there and see the LC9. If you want to purchase one, you'll have to get it from your local gun dealer. Ruger.com. All right, so let's go down this list of things again, because I feel like we've kind of glossed over some of it. Uh, This Michelle Bachman, who apparently is one of the characters running for political office, uh, Republican, presidential yep. candidate. i got to say, I kind of liked her when uh, when she had some quote out there. You that are says, such a sap! I, what, that said she reads von Mises at the uh, Ludwig von Mises at the beach or he something. He did the same thing with the Sarah, Sarah Palin chick back in uh, 2008. <laughs> like yep. any any Republican female, Mark just gets all That can bat her eyes, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. not certain that that's what the... Uh, I mean, th- th- those, the fact that they have two X chromosomes certainly does is something that you can say about them. They're both brunettes. Maybe I just like... Brunette Republican women. <laughs> I, 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 he's just coming. Yeah. Up do you like Ann Coulter? Do you like Ann Coulter? No, no, I don't. No, she's blonde though. Oh, so maybe she's pretty mean. Brunette thing. Yeah. So apparently, this Bachman's pretty mean too. She wants to ban pornography. Right, well, I, I, at this point, I'm converted to you know. I'm sorry, anybody who would sign this pledge, I'm done. Yeah. So tell me more, one more time. So ban pornography. She wants to ban pornography. Uh, protect the sanctity of marriage, and uh, including. Meaning- well, of course, gay gay folks can't get married. Uh, it's really it's really exciting to see that she's focusing on the key issues here. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, important. forget about the ten year you know, war. But or the, this the is death. a key issue for a certain segment of the American population. The, this, these people will vote. Basically, gay marriage. These people abortion. aren't the. They're not swinging anything here. They're swinging something in Iowa, and that's what matters. Iowa and New Hampshire. 
Well, right now, right. good that. And and you've got to you've got to stir up. There's only a few bases in the Republican Party, and you know one of those bases, of course, the rabid Ron Paul kind of folks. But what is what is Michelle Bachman going to do? Out Ron Paul, Ron Paul? She can't. Her hope would be that Ron Paul loses somewhere along the primary, which I would expect, and then she can get some of those people by saying, "Hey, I re- read Ludwig von Mises at the beach, and I want to born porno- ban por- pornography." <laughs> well, you know, because that's a real Miesian position. Is an ugly ugly game and some people will make and that there decision are ugly people involved 1-800-259-9231 she's kind of pretty i figured you'd say that <laughs> so uh tell me what else so uh sanctity of marriage meaning ban gay marriage gay marriage uh, also quickie divorces she wants to do away with those um she probably would want to get away that basically means like because divorce isn't quick, by I the guess, way. Yeah. I mean, I, I was talking with uh, somebody who was being going through a divorce process, and it's taken a long time. Do they have time. children? Yes. Okay, that's one of the issues is, um, you know, mostly the quickie divorces have to do with people that aren't, uh, don't have Don't kids. they have those already, like an annulment or something? Didn't like Britney Spears get like nine of them or something yeah, back in well, the day? I mean, they, they annulments are basically a religious operation, as I understand it, that uh, you, you get the divorce and then you get the annulment through your church mm-hmm. and then it never happened. But I do think there is a, um, I do think that the, some of the states have annulments too, but I, you know, that's, it's just trying to say that, that the marriage never happened. So the liberty position, of course, would be government should get the hell out of marriage entirely, that there should be no uh, government involvement, period. There should be no government permission slip, no government fee no government uh how did anything. that even happen why did people even start going to good question right like it was actually thinking? Well, yeah because the well because the government started ha- why did people start getting driver's licenses when they you know started driving cars because the government said you had to well no it started because of racism indeed i'm just saying I'm, I'm explaining why people went and got them marriage licenses came up because the government didn't want white folks marrying black folks especially white women marrying black men and that was what the purpose of you know marriage licenses really when, when they became you know a big deal it was the late 1800s isn't that that's right? when they became a big yeah. deal as i understand it they they did exist in some places prior to that but you know some people didn't want uh you know religious weddings so they would get a wedding from some government official somebody right, who it has, has to, to be someone official right it has to be somebody official well, that's, what that's what it's come down to is over the years because government has been so great at developing its legitimacy i mean government sucks at most everything but you've got to give them give them credit uh the government people have done a great job at, at brainwashing americans because they educate them i mean most americans go to government school so they're educated into believing that well if you want something to be official then you've got to go to the government and so I remember when I had a uh, an ex girl once. I had an ex girlfriend who was once a, a fiance, and we were talking about marriage plans and such at that time. And I was not going to get a state marriage, and that was not a very popular position amongst her family members. They did not understand. They could not comprehend why someone wouldn't want. And, and my girlfriend was with me at the time. She she agreed. Um, so we were both going to not have a state marriage, and people were upset. You know, th- th- this you have to have a government. You guys marriage should have just hired some actor to like fill out a form for them and like had a little ceremony it would have been hilarious to make them think that it right, was a like, state marriage okay we'll do it here you go <laughs> you know just have some goof come in yeah so uh well, who was gonna marry you some pastor at some church or just whatever. some pastor at some church yeah, i don't remember which one but well, anyway clearly wasn't a church you cared about no obviously not i didn't care about the marriage either but uh it was it was all just a big ploy essentially between uh, her and i she wanted to get some stuff from her family so we were gonna get married for that nice um, nice yeah. I can relate. I got married at Porkfest for yeah, it was personal a benefit. Yeah. Uh, so, what's his name? Arno. 
<laughs> marriage shouldn't be the provision of the government. The government should stay the hell out of it, and people should go who want to get married should go and find themselves a church or find themselves a Unitarian minister or whoever it is that they want to to enter into a contract uh, together to have them as the, essentially a, as a witness to a contract. I mean, that's basically you know if you want to add whatever kind of ceremony you want to it, that's essentially what a marriage should be is an agreement between two individuals or five individuals, whatever. <laughs> it's none of my business who you want to spend your time with and in what way and what organization, etc. So there's that and then there's the porn issue and then what else? Was there anything else in, in this pledge? Well, there's uh, I, I think that pretty much sums it up. I mean, you know, she doesn't don't like them uh, same sex marriage things. Uh, got to have a got to have a uh, U.S. amendment to stop that. It uh, says here, according to uh, thinkprogress.org, the pledge also states that homosexuality is both a choice and a health risk. Oh. So Michelle Bachman has now come out and stated that she believes that homosexuality is a choice, that you can just choose otherwise. I think that that's a pretty common statement among— It's a uh, bunch of no- nonsense. Just, just because it's common doesn't mean it's true. I, I think that there's something to be said for it. it, is, it when, Not one chooses really. to be—I choose to act in a, het- a heterosexual manner. I was born heterosexual, though. Right, I see what you're saying. So you're saying you could put a penis in your mouth if you wanted to, Indeed. but you aren't. You don't have the drive to do that. So therefore, you're not gay, right? I, that that's. I, I think that they have a point when they say that homosexuality is a behavior. I think that there's a point to be had in there, but I think that it, what it really does is it sort of diminishes. It, it, you know what kind of uh, psychological strife would be in this person's life for trying to not be who they are. If you talk to anybody who considers themselves gay or lesbian and ask them if it was a choice, they'll tell you they were born that way. I don't think that this, all of them would say that. I mean, you said Everyone anybody. I've ever talked to. Same with me. I have a brother I, many, who's gay. I'd say. Anyone I've ever talked to. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever you want. And as you pointed out, I think, Mark, why would anybody choose to be ostracized in such a way? I mean, they're, they're, they're making these choices because that's what they're inclined to do. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That number is brought to you by SACL CAI. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. And joining you this evening, it's Ian. And also... Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Peter <laughs> and Mark Edge. Pete is here, courtesy of LibertyOnTour.com. The demo has stepped out. Pete, you're going to be with us for the remainder of the program. Uh, we've already talked in detail. I, th- I think you were listening at the time about what you and a demo are going to be doing within the next week's time going down back. Another return to Greenfield, Massachusetts. Going to do some more outreach. Going to do some more video work. Yeah, uh, it's going to be great. some people down there. You guys are turning into celebrities down there, from what I understand. Well, I mean, it's hard walking down Main Street without running into good folks. And, you know... Unf- Unfortunately, that bodes well. Um, it bodes well for us, and it bodes. 
I think, well for them in the future, too, because, uh, you know, learning some effective tactics, uh, using cameras. Some folks were doing that when we left last time. I hope it's continued. Uh, you know, together we're going to stand up and uh, say no more and essentially uh, not let these folks with badges get away with things that, that are wrong for me or you to do. Absolutely. I, we can talk more about what's going on there in a moment. But first. Yeah, if you're looking to do some camping, hunting, or shooting, manventureoutpost.com is a place you know need to go for gear. They carry knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, boating equipment. ManVentureOutpost.com. They're family-owned and members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau. This is very important when you're doing business online to uh, find a business that has a good reputation. Some prices are so low, in fact, that they can't even be mentioned on the air. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. That's FTLs and Free Talk Live. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. All right. Once again, the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. Ladies first, let's talk to Alex, listening in our hometown of Sarasota, Florida, WSRQ. Hello, Alex. You're on Free Talk Live, the Ian Pete and Mark. Hello. Is Ian in tonight or no? This voice sounds familiar. Yes, it's Alex Redman. Hello to Ann and Mark. Hey, How Alex. are you guys? Hey, Alex. That's Little nice. Alex from uh, the radio station, yep. 1220. You and I used to work uh, work together at the station that we're now back on, uh, WSRQ in Sarasota. You were one of the hosts of, uh, I think it was the Afternoon Drive show, and, and I was the uh, the board operator there at the time. And so uh, so what's on your mind tonight besides just a reunion call? What's happening down there in, in your life? What's happening in my life is I still work in media. I'm working at SNN Local News 6 as a field producer, and uh, I have a television show with local doctors. And I'm actually being paid, which was something we didn't really get at uh, when we were on the radio way back when. Yeah, that's a, it's, You guys are doing really well. I kind of follow you when, when I get to tune in. Very cool. And it feels like you guys have a huge following. So you were great. on hold while we were talking about this uh, this candidate uh, who is now calling for the banning of all pornography. Um, how does that make you feel, Alex? Well, being that I'm in the media right now, I can't really get too, too much into that. But I think <laughs> that you know from, from the past, my views haven't really changed. In a nutshell, you know, to each his own. I'm with I you really there. So wait, when you say you know, you're with the media, you can't express yourself? Are you like prohibited? Well, she's news. She's news well, now. I'm better. Yeah, I'm working with the news. So you know, she's it's a like, journalist. Really, unbiased. Yeah. So meaning that like you're you're like an anchor or something like well, that. Well, she's a field producer. She well, said no, but I'm a field producer, gotcha. and I'm kind of heading. Heading in that direction, so Alex is hot. They're yeah. going to put her in front of a camera before too long. You know that's what's going to happen. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> You're thinking about like like ten years ago, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but uh, no. I've, and I also have. Uh, I went out there and I bought a camera and I just started working it myself because I'm not waiting for somebody to go and hire me. So I started a little film production company. We produce commercials, infomercials, etc. Good for you. So wait a minute. You did that before they hired you? You went out and you kind of did your own uh, producing work and then that helped you get hired? Absolutely. What happened was my ex-boss, when I left 1220, I immediately went to another job and became a producer with a company called Health Plus Media. Health is in To Your Health. Mm -hmm. They're a medical marketing firm and I worked there until I went back to New York for two years. My dad became ill since I last saw you. He since passed away. And then I came back to Sarasota and was offered my old job back, but gas was ridiculous. And um, 
So my ex-boss and I decided to start a little business on the side, doing commercials, uh, documercials. I think that's that's a great story because we talk, we've talked frequently in the past on this program. A lot of people will come to us and say, guys, you know, how did you do it? And it's you have to start as a labor of love, I think, in a lot of these media. As far as getting a foothold in the world of uh, the mainstream media, you've got to start as, a, as just doing whatever it is that you love to do and put it out there. Put something out there consistently. And then, like you did, you, somebody saw that or you used it as a, as a demo pack or whatever and you, you put it out to the, the mainstream organizations out there and you got yourself a gig, which uh, a lot of people wonder how you go about doing it. It, it takes a lot of effort up front, doesn't it? Well, it does, but you know what? I had good role models because I had you and Mark here in Sarasota. (laughs) And from what I seem to remember is that you had a house. You were one of the original investors, and boy, did you sell at the right time. No, I didn't. I (laughs) lost money big time. I did. (laughs) Yeah, but you know what? If you had held on to it for another couple of years, you would have done even worse. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I should have taken the first life. offer I got. Somebody made an offer on it, and I said no to it, and then I ended up losing another twenty grand after that. So, uh, yeah, but yeah. I, I got to tell you, I know so many people that are going to be paying this stuff off for the rest of their lives. I mean, it's, it's, it's gotten so out of hand. Alex, it's great it's hearing good. from you. I'm glad you're well. And uh, look, are you on Facebook? I certainly am. So All I'll right. friend you guys and uh, vice versa. And I'm so glad that the show is so successful. I mean, it's a very intelligent show. I love it. Best of luck to you. Glad so, you're uh, out there. And thanks for the call, Alex. Uh, Alex Redmond, uh, media personality down in our hometown, Sarasota. Nice lady. 800-259-9231. And I like that there was a success story there as well about you know creating media because I don't want this to be a reunion show and people are like, hey, guys, I remember you. Yeah. Um, you know, I appreciate that, but it doesn't make for the best radio. So it was well, nice to yeah, turn it's, that it, into- It's amazing what she managed to do there. But it kind of reminds me of the old general manager there, there at, uh, at 1220 at the time. The drunken well, GM. Whatever you wish to call him. I remember him. He we went had- out at noon and got drunk at the, uh, <laughs> at the and he bar. Was the GM. Yeah. So we, well, he was the owner, too. The the main stockholder, um, and strangely, the the project failed. But we had talked to him <laughs> about going uh, Willie we'll weeknights uh, for, with Free Talk Live because we yeah. were given the option by uh, to do that by the syndication company that was carrying us on weekends. Right, because we had started uh, when we first got syndicated as just doing a Saturday show. So yep. we were just doing a Saturday show at that time. And then two weeks later, they offered us a weeknight show. Right. We went and talked to the the, the guy in charge, and he said. You know, I can't take you guys weeknights. You don't like anything, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so he just couldn't, didn't have the vision for it. Now yeah. I believe the guy that he had on air at the time is now dead, and you know, I mean, that's how old he was. Hmm. And uh, you know, Free Talk Live is growing, growing, growing. So you know, maybe it was what was whatever was right was right for his station. That's fine by me, but. You know, it does show that Free Talk Live is a uh, growing concern that uh, a lot of people are interested in. Your toll-free number for you, 800-259-9231. So if you are wanting to break into the mainstream media, and some people would say it's not even worth your while, although I think that there's still a lot of people out there that you know watch TV and they listen to the radio, so uh, it may still be – I think it's still probably worthwhile. If you want to break into the mainstream, you've got to have a product. And if you've never worked in radio or TV before, then what are you going to show them when – you go and pitch yourself. You've right. got to have you're, something to show. You're going up against Alex uh, Redmond there, where she's got uh, all kinds of you know video and work she's been doing. Yeah, some of she's done for free. So what? You're going for a paying gig now. Yeah, one thing I'll mention on this topic, if there's any college students out there that want to go this route, the Institute for Humane Studies, who I know has mm-hmm. been a 
uh, advertiser through y'all and a, actually a past employer of mine has scholarships available for people to go into broadcast and new media journalism investigation. So that's at the IHS.org. They, they actually route us through libertarianseminars.com. So I thought it was can, libertarian internships. They have both. Okay. Libertarian seminars and libertarian internships.com. You can go either one of those, but he's right. It's the IHS dot the IHS.org. Yeah. Yep. Great organization. Yeah, for sure. For anybody who's young and interested in the media, that's the way you should do it. You can bring up what you want. give you a paycheck. Take control of the airwaves, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And maybe you agree with banning pornography. I mean, we didn't ask that question. Does anybody actually agree with this lady, this uh, this person that's running for office? Ban porn? She talk a lot. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Hey, if you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then shop with us. Go to shop.freetalklive.com, and there will be links there to Amazon's, different ones uh, around the world. There's U.S., U.K., Canada, Germany. Click into the appropriate one where you would like to shop, and then get your shopping done. Uh, get whatever it is you're looking for in dozens of categories. They've got Probably millions of items. I don't know what the full inventory is of Amazon. It'd probably be impossible to figure that out. They have so much stuff. You know Amazon, they're the world's largest internet retailer with great deals, free super saver shipping on a lot of their brand new items. And they even sell used items as well. So uh, go and get your shopping done and you'll help Free Talk Live because when you enter through the links at shop.freetalklive.com, Free Talk Live gets a portion of the purchase price. It's that simple. So get your shopping done. Shop.freetalklive.com. Tonight on the Edgington Post, that's a uh, an interview program that I do that's attached to the podcast that you can get at freetalklive.com. I talk with Ike Brannon about um, his article that's appearing in Regulation Magazine, Obfuscation at the EPA. And it's about uh, the Obama administration's how they've quietly altered the way that they calculate the federal cost benefit analysis with some regulatory agencies and just the lies and the, you know, the, the theft that's going on um, of the American people's money. So you can listen to that by downloading the podcast. All right. Uh, and that will be available later tonight at that's right. talklive.com. All right, so 800-259-9231, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. There's a new uh, bomb scare out there. They're trying to freak you out. The TSA, if you didn't think they were invasive enough, well, the latest scare story is that uh, they're going to implant bombs in people now. So they're going to have to get more invasive in their searches of folks because you could have a bomb inside you. I wonder how they could possibly stop this. Well, considering that they can't stop the other types of uh, bombs that come through, they won't stop it. So, And people, right, you're just making a claim there, and we need to back that up with some facts. The fact is that every single time a news story is leaked, the TSA is missing 70%, 80% 
a hundred percent of guns, knives, and fake bombs that they're testing themselves on. Right. They, yeah, and at the end of the day, we're never going to be absolutely safe, uh, especially through a top-down, one-size-fits-all Apparently, model. we won't even be half safe. I mean, right, right, exactly. the bureaucrats, so inefficient government bureaucrats are testing other inefficient government bureaucrats and beating them more than 50% of the time. And, the, and Now, I usually just use the term 50% because I figure there must be must be some tests where they, they beat it more than 50% of the time. It can't just always be them missing 70, 80, 90, 100% of the time. But that's all I ever see. I've never seen one where it's been less than 70%. That's surprising they even post post those figures. Well, they haven't since, I think, 2006. Uh, There was one recently in Texas. It was uh, 2011, early part of 2011. And what was it? It it was with this new backscatter machine, and it was one of their own red team, went through with a handgun, shoved in her waistband five times at Mm. the same airport. And how many times did they catch her? None. Not <laughs> one. Zero. Wow. And this is, and the TSA also, you know, they, they might scare you about bombs being implanted in people, but you need to understand they've never caught a terrorist. Right. The TSA has never in its history caught a terrorist. So the news now is uh, that according to the BBC, excuse me, not the BBC, but ABC News, airlines being warned by the government that terrorists are considering surgically hiding bombs inside humans to evade airport security. Now, is there actually any evidence of this? Or is this just what the government's claiming? I mean, even if this did exist, and maybe it does here and there, you know, I don't know, but like... At the end of the day, let's let's look at the underlying factors. Like, what would cause somebody to do this, and what's the and if it does exist, what's the best way to to deal with it? And it's not to create a more totalitarian regime here at home right. to, to uh, under the auspices of keeping us safe. Nor is it to go kill strangers around the world. Well, of course, that's the real reason why it's happening. If anybody is called, you know, these traditional this traditional idea of a terrorist, someone coming over from the Middle East to enact uh, violence upon people here in the U.S., they're doing that because some people calling themselves the U.S. military or the CIA went over to their uh, place of uh, living and caused violence over there and messed right. with their business. And you're right, Pete. You've got to strike at the root. Uh, essentially, all of these this TSA stuff, this all this nonsense, this security theater, as it's been called by a lot of security experts, because they know this bunch of bunk. Uh, but this all the security theater is really just, you know, they're trying to paper over the, the symptoms, not the cause. And they're never going to be able to make it work. As you pointed out, Mark, they can't make it work right now, even with all their technology and all their bureaucrats well, and all their money. They can't make it work. If you, well, if you ask the, 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 the security experts in Israel, they'll, they'll tell you it's extraordinarily difficult. That means nearly impossible to stop somebody who's dedicated enough to kill themselves yeah. from committing crime. Right. The now, supposed solutions only exacerbate the problem and, or, and create the problems most times. The only people that are willing, you know, in studies, they, they study this stuff. I mean, this isn't just, you know, people talking. This is their jobs. You know, smart people making lots of money say that the only people that will do suicide bombings besides the really crazy, crazy types like the Jared Loeffner, are people whose countries are occupied. You know, to, to juxtapose this story about the scare tactics that continue to be peddled under the, you know, we, our rights continue to be usurped is, you know, I want to go back to the eBay comment you made about the number of products they had. I mean, it's a, I don't know, it's a, it's a concept called the long tail. Essentially, you know, you go to a neighborhood bookstore, they have a limited amount of shelf space. Maybe they carry a thousand titles, but eBay has 
you know, warehouses. And, and this or is Amazon, like, yeah. Yeah, Amazon. And this is just, I mean, it's like crowdsourcing essentially as well. Like it's a very open source and, and free market. You know, it's a collaborative and peaceful exchanges of information versus like what the government does. So how do you tie that into the, the airline security situation? I mean, I'm just saying the anything that the government is trying to do, you know, they're trying to uh, grow their sphere of influence. And by uh, definition, doing that is, is harming more people's rights, whereas the the, uh, the situations and, and goods and services offered by places such as Amazon because of these long tail, these market mechanisms and consensual interactions is, is you know, this is very positive and creates wealth. And right, this it's is top down versus bottom up, right. right? So, and in this case with the government, you've got some bureaucrat at the top or some, you know, crew of bureaucrats deciding that this is what we're going to do. We need these backscatter machines. Now we need to do uh, this kind of searches and whatever. This is what, the, this is what we will do to keep people safe. Whereas, the marketplace deciding would be the best way to keep people safe. Right, exactly. You looked at. I remember looking at the example of. Uh, the, remember the snipers back in D.C. You might have been living in D.C. at the it time. It was right before I got to D.C. Right before yeah. the, you know, the the two guys, uh, Malvo, I think was one of their names. Sounds right. Muhammad or something like that. Anyway, they were going around sniping people at gas stations and such. And I remember we. That's going to solve a problem. When we were talking about it uh, on the on the air at the time. We read stories about how the market was responding because how are the police going to keep you safe from from mm-hmm. the snipers? Right. I mean, if if you have to leave your home to go to work, eventually you're going to have to go to the gas station. So how is it that the police out there, who claim it is their job to protect and serve, how is it they're going to keep you safe? They can't do anything. In fact, the police didn't even catch these guys. It was another individual who saw them and then called the police to point out to the police where these guys were. So it wasn't because of any police work that these dudes got caught, despite the fact that they were out there having their press conference every single day talking about how they were, you know, bringing down the entire squad and they're calling in people from the outside and, you know, they, we're on it. We're going to do whatever we can to catch these folks. Right. Well, it wasn't the cops that caught them. But besides that, there were interesting stories about how the owners of the gas stations were actually acting in their customers' interest to protect their customers. Because at that point, if you ran a gas station, it was in your financial best your interest target, man. to make sure that your customers were as safe as possible when they were using your gas pumps. So I remember one story about, uh, I guess, some guy that had these opaque flaps that he had installed on the overhang, uh, the, the covering for the gas area. So you'd essentially would drive into the, the, the gas pumps and you would be obscured. Wow. Someone on the outside would not be able to see where you are. I mean, theoretically, they could still spray gunfire in there, but it wouldn't be as likely to well, these weren't people connect. spraying gunfire, no, though. These just a few snipers. shots. Right. right. And, and again, to juxtapose this situation where, you know, someone has an incentive to uh, have a, a favorable uh, interaction with another person, they, they make a peaceful, safe uh, in exchange for uh, an environment for peaceful and safe exchange. And on the other hand, you have government, which is now creating checkpoints, people that work for the government creating checkpoints, uh, you know, again, under the auspices of protection and, and security, but all no they're doing safety. is violating your rights. So it's... Right. This is what government does. This and is what, they're training people to be obedient and training people to be used to seeing security right. people everywhere. And now you've got uh, – I don't know if you heard about this, Pete, but in D.C. on the Jefferson Dance Party here this just this past week on Monday from the, on the 4th, they were having the, the, the 4th uh, Jefferson Dance Party. And they had to go through multiple checkpoints while they were on foot wow. to get there where they were searching people's bags. Just stopping people wholesale out trying to enjoy their Independence Day holiday in uh, in D.C. Crazy. People getting stopped everywhere. They were stopped. The dancers, Meg, 
Uh, she called to tell us about this. They were stopped three times on their way to the Jefferson Memorial. Yeah, it's definitely a police state in D.C. 1-800-259-9231. We'll tell you more about what's going on here with uh, the, the new scare tactics from the Homeland Security folks regarding the implanted bombs. 1-800-259-9231. Hour number three is next. Still time for you and your thoughts. You can bring up whatever you would like. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. You already know that you can support Free Talk Live and the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund by starting your Amazon or New Egg shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. But did you know that you can also spend bitcoins at Amazon or New Egg? That's right. Start your Amazon or New Egg shopping at spendbitcoins.com, and you can buy just about anything with bitcoins. So if you're using fiat currency, start all your shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. But when you want to spend bitcoins, start all your bitcoin shopping at spendbitcoins.com. That's spendbitcoins.com. Talk Live. You can bring up anything as we launch here into the third hour of the program. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and we give you the features on our site for free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. Pete. And Mark. Pete is here, courtesy of LibertyOnTour.com. Uh, Ella, LibertyOnTour.com, you can go there and see what Pete and Adamo and Bo have been up to the last several weeks with the Free State Friendship Tour, which was uh, approximately six weeks of you guys uh, traveling around New Hampshire, but also making a trip down to Greenfield, Massachusetts, where unfortunately uh, you're being aggressed against by the bureaucrats down there because you dared to record video in a public place. Right. Uh, specifically, the, the jail down there is where you'd gone to to bail some someone out when they decided that they wanted to pick on you because you were using a video camera. The cops got called out. You got arrested, charged with a felony count of uh, wiretapping. You're going to court on that on the 18th. That's What's correct. the Facebook group or the Facebook event people can go to to, uh, to I guess, if they maybe they're going to be in the New England area on the 18th of this month. Right on, How yeah. can they learn more about going to uh, support you guys? The uh, title of the event is called Pete and Adamo's Trial in Greenfield, MA, and I mean, if you're friends with Adamo or myself or go to LOT or LibertyOnTour.com or CopLock.org slash Greenfield, we'll have uh, links to it content up there. I want to see as many people out at that event as possible. I mean, you guys are tireless purveyors of the ideas of liberty. You go – we were talking about this during the uh, the break about how – you guys aren't making a lot of money at doing this, but you're living a lifestyle. You're living a life that uh, most people, they don't. Most right. people are working in the corporate world. Uh, they're working at a job they hate. You're doing something you love. It doesn't pay very well, but it's something. Right. Oh, it's great. I mean, seeing the past two and a half years, I guess, now that we've been on the road through Motorhome Dyers, Liberty on Tour, and Cop Lock, it's, it's, it's been great both to see the uh, support and just see the community really grow. We're getting better at what we do. Uh, you guys are getting better at what you do. Uh, you know, we meet more and more people with different projects, doing their own thing, and we're all supporting each other. It's very self-reinforcing, and you know, there's a big move towards agorism and self-reliance and things like that, and it's it's great to see. 
Well, I know that I, whenever I see something happening that I that I think is useful, I want to try to put as much of my money behind it as possible. I mean, I'm not wealthy by any means, but I'm certainly doing all right. I'm comfortable, and so therefore, since I've taken care of myself, I can at that point then spread you know spread the wealth, so to speak. And that's why FreeKeen.com, Free Talk Live, and LRN.FM have been major sponsors. Of yeah, Liberty it's much appreciated, and we've been definitely uh, happy to to promote those uh, brands and those projects. And there's nobody else I'd rather have out there promoting the idea of moving to New Hampshire, whether it's keen or, or not, but getting you guys out, having you in New Hampshire as your base of operations, and I'm so glad you guys finally made the, the move to New Hampshire. Yeah, I'm sure great. you guys are as well. Uh, but having you guys, who are two of the most visible, I think, activists in the Liberty community, going around, and I know you guys are talking about doing another uh, nationwide tour at some point, maybe later this year. I don't, right. I don't know if there's anything that's official on that quite yet. But get much later in the year, you're going to need to do a southern portion of the nation. Well, that's that's part of the uh, idea. <laughs> yeah. So you guys are are constantly out meeting people, and I'm always I'm always really impressed by you, Pete, and how you're you're just really great at meeting new people. Like you, you're the kind of guy who is really personable. You you know you're not bashful you're going to go and you're just going to talk to somebody and you're going to talk to them about yeah, freedom and you're going to do it, it in a way that is is friendly and you're approachable and i just you're i think you're a great advocate for liberty i appreciate it man there's i mean a lot of it's just i think most people are good people and most people you know they're especially today to go back to like the government scare 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 it's call us if something's going wrong you know rather than turn to your neighbor turn to your friend so it just really separates these communities and you know to get to the society the free society that i'd want to live in it's going to you know, require us to know our neighbors and, and get hopefully get along. And if we can't get along, at least, like, you know, respect each other enough to do our own thing. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's just, you know, it's one mind at a time. That's how I look at it. And if you can plant a seed or leave a positive impression on somebody or, you know, expose them to a new resource, like, that's that's great. And we've definitely seen uh, LibertyOnTour.com. You guys are leaving positive impressions. Uh, we're talking about Porkfest as well, the Porcupine Freedom Festival. It just wrapped up a couple weeks ago, and we all went up there and had a great time. Of course, Porkfest 2012 has already been announced. It's, I believe, June 18th through the 24th. So nice. get you know you can go to Porkfest.com, get the details on the, the hotel and how you can contact Yeah, Porkfest them. is awesome. But I mean, it, I'm sure people watching and, and listening that uh, didn't make it are, are – uh, Wishing they were there, but... Uh, There's always the next one, so make your plans now. But you were mentioning something to me during the break, Pete, about uh, folks coming back maybe to Keene, and because and, there were people that after Porkfest kind of toured around the rest of New Hampshire to right. see what things were like. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of the, uh, some of the best folks that we've met on the road, some of the most active uh, people in the most active areas outside of the Shire uh, did spend some time coming uh, to and through Keene before and after Porkfest, and people from Phoenix... People from Orlando, people from Philly, and some are looking at properties. And uh, you know, one of my, one of our buddies, uh, uh, Nick Barnett, out in in uh, out in Phoenix, the guy that does a uh, cop block podcast. Yeah, he does a cop block podcast. He's you know him and uh, Drew Phillips partner up on stuff, and uh, they're great. But sitting out on the on the porch here, the Keen Activist Center, and he's like, man, this is exactly what we need in, in, needed in Phoenix, and you know, just the community and, and the number of people here, and, and just the, the awesome energy and vibe. It's it's great. And one thing, except I was, it's not happening in Phoenix. Well. Well, yeah, you that's know? what I'm saying. Let's right. let's come up here. And one thing that would uh, for the people who wanted to make it to Porkfest but couldn't because it was too far, I have a solution to that problem. Move to Porkfest or move to move to the Shire before Porkfest next year, and your commute will be less. Right, you're golden then. I mean, yep. then you, you know you can carpool up with somebody else. We went up in the Mobile Authority Resistance vehicle in yep. Marv, and uh, that was a great time. It was just a, it's just a blast. Anyway, LibertyOnTour.com. Follow those guys and see what they're up to. Subscribe to their YouTube channel because there's still videos coming. I mean, you guys did a lot of filming at Porkfest. Uh, oh. you, the, you're not done releasing the videos from the most recent tour. Right. Yeah, so. we put out a lot of videos lately, and uh, they're all pretty solid. I'm really excited about. 
a lot of them. I know you guys have talked to Jay Noon and mentioned that story, but that's one in particular. I was real glad. Jay Noon's the guy we went down. Uh, he we had him on our Saturday show a couple weeks ago. He's the guy who's he's one a personal hero of mine. Yeah, because he's he's doing what I've dreamed of doing, and I have not yet found the courage to do. Uh, he has not paid property taxes ever. On the piece of this property, piece of property that he yeah. purchased, that he's been living right. in, uh, it's a duplex down in uh, in Palmer, Massachusetts. The three of us, we all went down there uh, with Jay Jane's. Uh, some other folks went down to support Jay on the day in which he expected he was going to be evicted. He had been given a notice of eviction, and uh, we went down there to kind of well run interference as much right. as we could to to be there, maybe on the property if they actually came to try to evict him, to stand in the way, to uh, record video, uh, just to be there to be some whatever level of protection we could be uh, to be there for him because these government bureaucrats are bullies and right. they won't pick on you if there are a bunch of you. They just won't. No, they they had cops. They were circling around. They thought about coming, but they weren't going to come with 20 people. Uh, and, and I'm just coming up with a low number. In fact, we, we believe there might have been closer to 50 just sort of Over cycling the in, day, yeah. you know, throughout yes. the day. And so then Pete and I went down to the town offices at one point and uh, had a little fun with the government bureaucrats Right. I mean, there. that was probably the first time a lot of these people that had probably worked decades their whole career mm-hmm. at, for this bureaucracy were ever confronted by somebody who questioned how their job was paid for or even the nature of their job. They, you know, they, one lady in particular, it was a great – I mean, I love going and uh, having these sort of video interactions with you, Ian. I remember when I first came to the Shire uh, this year in January and we went down to Nashua and right out of the gate, you and I were questioning some, some folks in the uh, – and in a court outside of a courtroom, you know, calling mm-hmm. them out for their actions, and so I love going out with you, man. And I think we uh, we make a good team uh, pointing out some obvious things, and you know. Um, if you want to find that scene, video, yeah. by the way, the video we're talking about here, uh, you can go to uh, freekeen.com, search for Jane Noon, N O O N E, and then the article that's uh, it's under is Keeniac's travel to M A to support property tax freedom advocate. You can see what uh, Pete and I's interactions were with these bureaucrats down there. Whether it was, their, I don't think it was their first time with somebody who was angry at what they've done. They've oh, right. likely had angry people in right. there, but they've probably never had two men with video cameras come in and uh, pepper them with hard questions about the morality of what they were doing. Right? Yeah, they, they, they you know, the, these questions really aren't out there in the public realm as the you know the, the idea that taxes are theft, and if you're taking the money that is, you know, if your paycheck's paid by taxes, what's that make you? Somebody receiving stolen property? Mm. Yeah, the reactions of these people are just, you know, they're classic. I'm not going to answer that question. Especially the woman who refused to see the violence in yeah. the system. She was pretending the whole time, like, taking somebody's house from them is a peaceful process. Well, that's because most of them give it up. I guess that makes that makes uh, armed robbery, where the victim doesn't put up a fight, peaceful too. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. There's more about air terrorism. The TSA wants you to be more scared. We'll explain why here in a little bit. and We'll take your calls about anything. Uh, plus, another guy arrested for filming the cops. Mark's got that story. It's Free Talk Live. Liberty Maniacs is the largest online Liberty brand. Featured the most comprehensive selection of original posters, stickers, apparel, embroidered hats, and over 100 different products from around the world. From hilarious satire to hard-hitting artistic commentary, Liberty Maniacs is devoted to outfitting the Liberty movement with intelligent, eye-catching, and fashionable gear that expresses your personal dedication to Liberty. Best of all, Liberty Maniacs offers a no-hassle, money-back guarantee on all products. LibertyManiacs.com. Where's something worth saying. show is free talk live we call it that because you're free to call in and talk about whatever you want plus we're live doing this thing seven days per week 
at freetalklive.com. You can go there and get interactive in various different ways, including the chat room. You can go and interact and actually watch the show at the same time. Uh, the cam is up. The brand new cam has been installed. I have been talking about it uh, throughout the week that the, you know, you're going to have to bear with us as we go through some changes and some tweaks. The tweaks aren't quite done yet, uh, but the new cam is in. And initial response from the folks in the chat room is that they like the uh, the look of the new cam better. So uh, that's a good thing. So you can go to cam.freetalklive.com and you can see that. And also when you go there, if you scroll down a little bit or look, like right beneath the cam, you'll see the chat room. You can log in there with whatever name you want and you can chat with other Free Talk Live listeners and you can do it all for free at cam.freetalklive.com. You know, uh, freetalklive.com in general is uh, brought to you by our sponsors. And one of the main sponsors uh, of this show has been all along Jason Osborne, from SACL CAI. If you have a company, be it, uh, you know, whatever kind of company it is, and you handle accounts receivable and you're sick of it because you didn't get into whatever work you're doing to do collections and send out bills and do all these things, SACL CAI can handle, handle it all for you. And they can do it with respect. They're not going to treat your customers like they're a bunch of schlubs who aren't trying to pay. They'll just follow up, treat them with respect and you'll be happy with the way they handle it. SACL CAI. See their banner at freetalklive.com. It's top on the right-hand side of the page. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. By the way, joining you in the studio tonight, it is Ian. Pete. And Mark. And Pete is here, courtesy of libertyontour.com, as we continue with the story we just touched on in the last hour. I think it deserves a little more discussion uh, because the AP is reporting, as is uh, ABC News, that airlines are being warned that terrorists are considering surgically hiding bombs inside humans to evade airport security. As a result, travelers may find themselves subjected to more scrutiny when flying in the heart of summer vacation season, especially to the U.S. from abroad. The FBI and Homeland Security Department sent a memo out uh, around the country to security officials about what they call body packing, describing it as a criminal tactic with possible terrorist application. The memo obtained by the AP cited a 2005 incident in which Colombian men were accused of surgically implanting narcotics into human couriers. Uh, That's an old tactic, uh, putting drugs inside somebody's body, whether it's surgically or whether it's swallowing it or whatever. That's certainly not new. The memo offered possible indicators of surgically implanted contraband, including a distended stomach or other unusual bulging and visible physical discomfort from a pat-down. Bombs in the body is not a new idea, but recent intelligence indicates a fresh interest in using this method, or so they claim. People scanning machines in airports aren't able to detect explosives hidden inside humans. Still, there's no apparently they're not able to detect uh, a lot of the things that they're claimed to. Mark, you said that somebody walked through with... uh, they, one of their own testers walked through yep. one of these machines five times with a, a pistol uh, strapped to her, and right. they didn't detect that. Well, they, this is one of the new backscatter machines, that the, the radiation porno scanners that people are talking mm-hmm. about. You know, the pictures that we were shown that these, you know, that it would look like is nothing like the picture that the, the TSA scanner person sees. Because on that picture, you saw, you know, this sort of light blue woman with a very kind of almost white revolver that was uh, being, you know, sh- sh- lit up on her. And the suggestion was that, oh, well, these little backscatter machines are just like taking little x-rays and you're going to be able to see whatever these people are carrying. It's not like that. I mean, one of these TSA red team people, the ones that they test themselves with, walked through with a pistol five times at the Dallas airport, and not one of the times were they caught. 
Your thoughts are certainly welcomed at 1-800-259-9231. So basically what they're saying here is that if their press release is to be believed, and of course I question anything that comes from the government, is that, well, now that we've implanted, now that we've uh, put these bomb-detecting machines in, or these uh, backscatter machines, now the terrorists have a workaround. So now we're going to have to uh, get a little more invasive with you folks. They're just, they're saying, hey, prep up. If you thought it was already invasive enough with uh, people touching people's crotches and uh, genitalia and uh, pulling down babies' diapers and molesting grandma, if you thought it was bad enough, they're saying here that they're going to get more invasive. I don't know how much more invasive they can get. I don't know what exactly they have in mind, but it can't be good, whatever it is. And now they uh, go on here to say that there's no current information that points to a specific plot involving surgically implanted explosives, according to a U.S. security official speaking on a condition of anonymity in order to discuss those matters. And as you pointed out, I think it was you, Mark, uh, that if you are somebody who is so dedicated to your cause that you're willing to kill yourself, then what does it really matter whether you make it on the plane or not? Right. <laughs> I mean, right. if you really want to kill yourself, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing, nothing impossible about you packing yourself up with explosives on the outside of your body and then put, sticking, you know, nails and glass and whatever in there for shrapnel and blowing yourself up in the queue in the line while you wait to go on these things. The fact is that, you know, there's so many people lined up there that they're creating a security issue right there when they do the scanning. Right. Right. This is nothing but a make work program for <laughs> low level government bureaucrats. Right. And what I'd remind everybody, though, too, we shouldn't just say the government's doing this or the state's doing this. That's just an organization. It's just an association of individuals. So they're only going to do what they think they have the authority to do. So that's why it's important if you think these actions that they're proposing are not good things to have conversations with those in your sphere and encourage them to speak out as well because that's a, that's what the peaceful evolution is all about just choosing to ignore them choosing not to grant them authority so you know the more of us that are having these conversations with people the the sooner we'll get there absolutely right of course uh it's still a difficult thing to deal with if you are somebody who has to fly for a living you probably have to bend over when they say bend over because otherwise you're not going to get to your destination but all that said uh spreading the word and maybe being less than accepting of those things when you're going through those checkpoints if you've left early enough and you've got enough time to uh to do that to take that risk that could be useful speaking out at a checkpoint in a loud enough voice to right. uh to a, you know to bring attention uh, by those who are standing around or those who are waiting in line behind you to what's going on here and how you're not uh, appreciative of what it is that they're trying to do. That could have some value yeah, as well. Yeah, it's always interesting. I, I actually flew uh, earlier this year for the first time in a little while, and uh, the, the the lady ahead of me asked me, hey, do you know what size, uh, how many ounces of whatever product I can bring with me? I said, whatever's the most restrictive policy, that's what they're, they're going to do. And everyone around laughed, and, mm-hmm. and that's what folks see. And you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was shipping some cop lock, uh, some merchandise at the post office, and there was one person working in this long line. And, and you know, I said, I just made a comment. I wonder... Uh, how different this would look if there were actually competition in this area and and you know a guy right behind me that just started a conversation and we talked for 10 minutes and you know i know everyone else around was listening because there's nothing else to do so those are the kind of things where you can have impacts in your in your own life absolutely let's go to you and your thoughts and talk to justin in mississippi justin you're on free talk live hey how's it going hey what's on your mind tonight Hey, not too much. Hey, do you hear about this new bill that congress came up with to pay down the uh the national debt Nope. Uh, tell me about it. What, they, what they're going to do is they're going to set it up where you can do voluntary uh, deductions on your wages. 
essentially, you know, donating to the government to pay down <laughs> the national debt. You know, because that that's not what taxes are for. Taxes are for, for blowing up brown people. They need they need us to donate. They, well, they need donations because they're so bad at what they do. Wow, that's the best plan <laughs> they can come up with, huh? Let's see if we can get the American people uh, to give some more. How do you think that's going to no work out? Kidding. Oh, you're not too uh, bad. <laughs> I guess you're not going to sign up uh, to be one of the first. Justin, I don't know if you had more. You're welcome to stick no. with us here if you do. Uh, thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. Have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, and trade in silver in your community? Dell Valley Silver has a no-cost turnkey setup for you. You recruit six to eight businesses in your area to accept Dell Valley Silver rounds as barter currency, and your wish is granted. You get paid, and you promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high-priced rounds. It's a free market system based on Austrian economics. DellValleySilver.com. DellValleySilver.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and bring up whatever you want at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the various features we give to you there free. We've got a mobile site, by the way, and you can go to m.freetalklive.com to access it. M as in mobile, m.freetalklive.com. You'll get quick access to our streams, links to the streams, links to some software that you can download to your phone to make tuning into those streams easy. Uh, go to m.freetalklive.com. You know the U.S. dollar is devaluing. You can see it happening every day. You know that a new currency will at some point take over. Wouldn't you like to be in on the ground floor of that currency? Bitcoins, they could be that currency. They're a decentralized, anonymous internet currency. They're free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use them anywhere in the world, and their value has been trending upward with time. Find out more at weusecoins.org. Don't be kicking yourself in the pants in a month. Your dollars are going down. Bitcoins are trending upward. Weusecoins.org. 800-259-9231. The scarce, uh, scary story now coming out of D.C. is look out. They're going to put bombs inside the terrorists now. And so now you're going to have to be, I don't know, x-rayed? Extra, just scared. I'd, you just I'd, need to be scared. Well, right. I don't know what they're planning on doing here because there, you know there's going to be some new level of security that they're going to want to implement because of this. And I don't know about you, but I don't like the idea of being X-rayed. Uh, what are the? Are they using X-rays in the current machine? Is it was it? Well, there's a backscatter machine, which is a light sort of light X-ray. Right. But now, if the claim is that the bombs are going to be inside a human being, what does that mean for the next proposal? Does that mean actual internal X-rays? Does that mean uh, what else real- could it be? I, I mean, if, if you take their uh, their st- steps to their logical conclusions that we, they have to totally safeguard us from ourselves, then we would just uh, exist in uh, cages, I guess, from cradle to grave. Well, now they take a lot of the so-called security experts in this uh, this piece here, and they quote them. Of course, one of them is with the Chertoff Group. That name sounds familiar, doesn't it? Chertoff Group. Mm, yeah, I wonder where that came from. Oh, yeah, he's the former director of the uh, Department of Homeland Security. Now he's a consultant and, uh, and was involved in actually getting these backscatter machines wow. installed. Weak. And, of course, they're saying uh, things like, you know, we've been worried about this for a long time, according to their secure, uh, top their top security consultant. 
so they've been working with uh, carriers and governments to identify ways to discover hidden explosives. The officials didn't want to discuss specific security measures that are under consideration so as not to tip off the terrorists who could seek ways to get around them. Or maybe they don't want to talk about it because they don't want to freak people out with how invasive they're planning on getting. Right. Because if the idea is that there's going to be bombs placed inside people, then there are only a few ways to ascertain whether or not somebody has a bomb inside them, right? It's crazy. I mean, what they've been doing. Last year I saw they had these mobile trailers that they, they plan to park outside of stadiums and run pe- crowds through. And they, there's little booths where they're supposed to be able to uh, read from your heart signals and eye movements and things like that. Whether How you, nervous you are. Yeah, and, and then they, so they say there's like a 70 or 80% success rate. You know, it's just like... You know, where's it going to stop? Jimmy Oxley, a chemistry... I hate to be among that 20 or 30%. Right. A I mean, chemi- what's, your day, what's your day going to be like then? Exactly. That you're going to get detained for a long time yep. until uh, they figure out that you're not a terrorist, if right. they figure that out. You know, right. I was having a conversation over at a friend's house, sort of locally, and uh, uh, I guess one of their family members was there, and this person literally advocated using shock collars on people in airports uh, that, you know, they, they would... Lord. I'm, I'm not kidding you, that, they, that, that wow. this was the idea that they would use shock collars to detain people that were acting strangely or whatever, that everybody would get a stru- shock collar and that they would just, uh, you know, take down whoever they That's needed terrible. to. Of course, nuts. Uh, you talk to the uh, folks that aren't on the government side and then you get a little dose of reality. Jimmy Oxley, a chemistry professor at the University of Rhode Island and an explosive expert, said it will be tough to carry out such an effort successfully. She said, and apparently her name is Jimmy, that there are only so many places to hide a bomb in the body. And a suicide bomber would have to recover enough from the surgery to be able to travel and then set off the device. I mean, that's what I was thinking when I first heard this story. I mean, how crazy is it, the idea of implanting a bomb inside you? That sounds like an incredibly dangerous procedure. Right. Uh, so therefore, you'd have to activate it pretty quickly. But as they're saying, you'd have to recover from the surgery as well. That takes time. Uh, so you, you're recovering from a surgery. By that time, you've had this bomb sitting inside your body that can't do good things for you yeah uh so i don't know how practical this is but it won't matter what the reality of this is it won't matter how nope. practical it is and the fact that nobody's really going to do this remember they don't actually have any examples of this the their example of someone implanting something is somebody implanting cocaine from the from 2005 some Which drug the, smugglers yeah the, the profit margin is a lot higher uh on. <laughs> yeah well, there is a profit to be made off of implanting cocaine, not so much off of uh, implanting a bomb. So they're going on nothing but scare tactics. That's all they have. This is just them saying, we're, we've been worried about this for a long time, and now they've got these backscatter machines. Somebody might actually try it, so we're going to have to increase security. Let's go to you and your thoughts. Peter's listening in Ithaca to WNYY. Hello, Peter. Hi. You know, it occurs to me that there are probably people who would like to have the kind of level of invasive uh, body checks that occur and might even become more invasive because they are that concerned about the uh, possibility of, of meeting their end on some flight because of a terrorist. Uh, and I just think they could have that choice. Uh, at the same time, I don't know why certain flights shouldn't be designated as not having those kinds of checks for people who aren't that concerned. Uh, if you had a choice, it would be freedom for both groups. Right. Choice uh, is what the marketplace would give us. If we didn't have this one-size-fits-all government bureaucracy yeah. handing down their orders from on high, then you would have that. You would have different airlines offering different options, different levels of security, according to what they believe their customers wanted. And they would change their offers based on what their customers' feedback was. But right now, they can't do any of that because they're not in control. Well, right. you know, they're, I they're think c- you're... 
all right, it may be that may, that may be true, uh, but I, I still think that there 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 should be some effort to work with the, through the government and through your legislators and through Why? whatever forms of communication that What's, you can. What, of what what good could possibly come from having a monopoly decide on what security well, measures are available? Ultimately, I mean, it's, it's it's a question of how people think about danger or about. Uh, and it's really, it's a, ultimately, I think it's a matter of education. I think many people aren't able to deal with the notion of risk. Right, right. Peter, I think you're exactly right. And that's why if, we're doing, if we have a set number of hours in the day, should we be working through a system that's based on violence that's already proved throughout history to always fail? Or should we go around it and just encourage people to be, like, live free and be responsible for their actions? You know, I agree with you on a lot of things. You know, a lot of things that bother you bother me, but... When you, you know, when you, um, I think, you know, you exaggerate a bit about the government and violence. I mean, it does use, it can use force and, and it can be violent, and I abhor both those things. Well, that's all they but have, dude. Hand. That's their I, only tool. Bit, can you point to a voluntary a thing bad. the government does that's not funded by by theft? The government's about well, control. Again, I don't, I have a question whether if, if I, if somebody, if the, if the government uh, takes care of the streets and, uh, Which they do that because they threaten people with violence in order to pay for it. Can you please explain to me what you believe has been an exaggeration on my on my part or Mark's part or Pete's part? Well, I I don't really want to say it's an exaggeration on any one of your parts. I mean, I think it's it's just a question of, I guess, philosophically. I don't agree with you. I think you have a well. This isn't a philosophical question. This is a reality. A question about reality, and the government backs everything it does, whether it's taking care of the streets or feeding people or whatever it's doing. It's backing it by the threat of violence. Wouldn't you agree? Not no violence. Well, either you well, your violence has a lot of implication. Well, Peter, if I force coercion. There are other words. I mean, you know, I think you're, you know, I mean, so you would accept force and coercion then? Because I would use those words too. I think they're pretty much interchangeable. In yeah, this. but you choose to use violence because I think you tend to exaggerate and not, you know, well, I, 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 Peter, if I could quickly. Peter, if I could quickly, I want to recommend a resource. I don't know if you have any time or interest to check this book out. I mean, we talked about the importance of education, and I found a, uh, a book. There's a, yeah, there's, a, there's an author, there's a professor named David Beto. He, he he's got a couple great resources. One you might want to check out is called The Voluntary City, and he goes over B E I T O, and he goes over historical and current examples of how all these goods and services are better provided and more morally provided through consensual interactions. I use the term violence because many people may not be as associated with the term coercion. I used to use yeah, coercion more often. Um, I don't know, know if it's necessarily exaggeration. Let's use the term bombast. I think that you know to some extent we certainly try to point it out and point it out hard that the only tool the government has is threats. There's more coming up. Thanks for the call, Peter. Appreciate it. At 800-259-9231. And their threats are backed by force, violence, or coercion. I've started playing a new online game. It's called Mine Things. It's a free online mining game. It's all in your browser. There's nothing to download. Your little mining robot guy can mine for you 24-7. You don't even need to be logged in. You compete with other players for resources and a capitalist economy. The virtually mined gold demonstrates the concept of sound money and is exchanged between players tax-free. They even accept bitcoins. Go to MineThings.com, use coupon code FTL, and double your mining speed. It's free. MineThings.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. Moments remain. Enough time for you and your thoughts. If you make a call right now at 800-259-9231, SACL CAI toll-free line 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. Pete. And Mark. And Pete joining us courtesy of LibertyOnTour.com. Mark, tell me about spending Bitcoin. Well, we, we talk about Bitcoins a lot on Free Talk Live. And, uh, you know, it's they're, they're kind of this commodity, this online commodity, this online currency. You um, And the idea is, is that you can spend them on things. And, well, I, there's not a lot of things, you know, when I first started researching that you could spend them on. There's a one website that solves almost all of that, and it's called SpendBitcoins.com. That allows you to spend them all in one place. Uh, from SpendBitcoins.com, you can spend your Bitcoins on major online retailers such as Amazon, Fishpond, Barnes & Noble, Nobles, Bent Memory Dealers, and more retailers are being added every day. When you want to spend Bitcoins, go to spendbitcoins.com. The guy behind this is a listener of the show. Uh, he actually does uh, Free Oz Radio. He's a guy who has... been on for a while. What's that? He did do Free Oz Radio. It's been off for a while? Yeah. Well, pardon me. Um, and he's uh, he's got an eBay seller rating of like 100%, um, percent, and it's impossible to get this. So you can really trust this guy, and he's doing a great thing here. Go check it out, spendbitcoins.com. All right, let's continue with you and your thoughts. You can bring up a two one. Ladies come first. Uh, well, I think this. I don't know. Maybe this isn't lady. Vivian, Vrian. I'm not sure. Who is this in Oklahoma? You're on Free Talk Live. Somebody calling in Oklahoma with a V for the first Hi. name. What's your name? Brian. Oh, Brian. Okay, it's V R I A N. Well, V is right next to B on the keyboard. Yeah, that's probably what happened. Anyway, Brian, uh, go ahead with your thoughts tonight. Sorry for the gender reassignment. <laughs> yeah, you made some valid points about the. Uh the line, the security uh, check line being a vulnerable point there, and uh, <clears throat> a, a suicide bomber could, you know, pack um, some uh, weapons-grade anthrax powder into his anus and then be a suicide uh, uh, flagellator. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, that's that's a good point. We've been talking about. I don't the, think he'd survive the experience for very long. But you're a suicide bomber, which is why you wouldn't survive. Um, but you could do it right there in the. Uh, you're going to put the the. Um, oh, the you're saying put the powder atomizer right in your your. Well, no, your no, no, no. Right I think the idea would be you would just put you know like a, put it in a plastic baggie and put it up there, and then uh, you know when you blow yourself up, that will then be vaporized into the air. That right? too, huh? Well, you could probably insert like a a uh, bomb that is linked like hot dogs. Thanks for the call, Brian. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. You know, according to the uh, the so-called experts here, uh, one of these guys is saying this is a really difficult thing to do. There are only so many places you could hide a bomb in your body, and that if you were going to be it was going to be surgically implanted, you didn't have to recover from that surgery in order to be able to travel and actually then set off the device. And Mark, you pointed out that if you want to set off a, a bomb and cause terror, the airport itself is a fine place for it. I mean, really, is it that much more terrorizing to have someone set off their bomb in an airplane versus at the checkpoint? Well, really? I, I admit that a, an airplane is a superior place to set off a bomb because it's enclosed. And, you know, with bombs, you need to be able to sort of focus the force. But And, and usually these areas where the screening goes on are often op- wide open places, um, much more open. But that doesn't change that with enough 
uh, you know, concussive force, you're still going to harm a whole bunch of people. If you've got a move, it's just the airplanes flying, falling out of the sky in a fiery fashion. That that's a big thing. It's dramatic. It's dramatic. But it's still pretty dramatic when you set up a bomb in an airport. I mean, I'm just that's my question. Is it that much more dramatic? I mean, is it that much more dramatic to the point where these terrorist organizations, these mythical terrorist organizations that, you know, we've never seen a terrorist attack in the U.S. since 2001, since September 11th. Uh, but that the, these mythical terrorist organizations would go through the hassle of surgically implanting a bomb so in the hopes that they could get on an airline with it, as opposed to just setting one off at a checkpoint. You want to talk about striking terror. How about a uh, coordinated attack on multiple airports at the same time? That certainly would do it. I don't know why you choose to call these organizations mythical. You do it all the time. And, yeah, there haven't been that many um, you know, terrorist attacks. Zero. But th- there haven't been. But people are, could just as easily point out, because this is a stupid point that you make, because people could just as easily say, well, the government's been keeping us safe. But that's not it's true. working. There's no evidence I mean, of that. It, it, what is true is that without government, that we wouldn't really have to worry about terrorism at that all. That much is true. Now, that's a hard, solid thing you can point to, that guys in Greece uniforms with automatic weapons going over and shooting no. people's parents the in the Middle East that, makes people want to that's be... That's a good point, but if you want to just take their position, they'll just say, well, they hate us for our freedoms. I mean, there's always another excuse for... You just ask them, how would you feel if some guy in a foreign military came and shot your mom in the head? Would you feel like killing some people from that foreign country? That's an easy point to make. But everybody believes that these uh, police organizations are quietly going about keeping us safe. So they have to keep. You may or may not. You you can't prove that it I is nonsense. I can't prove it's no, nonsense you can't because, because it's not they hard keep to their build activities secret. It's not hard to build a bomb. You can build a bomb and go blow it up wherever you want to. But you're Go talking about organizations. Making... You're not talking about individuals. And individuals sh- uh, can and will do that. They, you know, the New York, uh, the New York bomber is a good example. The guy that was down there trying to park a vehicle full of whatever it was. He's a good example of of that. Yes, a single guy going about it is probably going to, you know, he's going to make fewer mistakes. He needs to have money and financing, but it's not that expensive to build a bomb. Timothy McVeigh is a good example. I'm sorry. It's a bad point, and all it does is cement no, people against. It's, no, it's not a bad point. There is, there are no, there's no examples of real terrorism. All the examples of so-called stopped terrorism were the people that the government ginned up, that the government uh, undercover operatives encouraged people to commit terrorist but acts. But people will claim that those very ginned up operations show that the real terrorists that you can't get away with it here, so it scares them off. Whatever they can, te- they can make whatever claims they want to, Mark. All I'm saying is that there's no evidence of. Uh, uh, of the, you know, the, there's no evidence that the government has been successful at stopping these terrorists. Otherwise, they'd be touting it from the rooftops at how successful they were. That's what they do when they gin up the terrorism, is they always point, point to how successful they've been at stopping terrorism when, in fact, they were the ones who created it in the first place. Right, and whether they fail or succeed, they always ask for more money and a larger scope of influence. That so. much is true. Government's the only organization that can fail its uh, way to riches. And the idea that you couldn't coordinate an How attack on multiple airports. For a, for a co-host? That's what I wanted. The know. idea that you can't coordinate an attack between multiple individuals is also absurd. It would not be hard to encrypt communications to uh, prevent government people from sniffing out what it is that you're saying if you believe that they somehow are monitoring all phone calls, which is another fantasy uh, in my opinion. But if you want to, just encrypt your communications, get together and 
your terrorist cell of uh, 15 people, pick 15 different airports, and go set off a bomb one day right there at the checkpoints. There would be nothing that there's nothing that would stop people from doing that except for the fact that they're not doing it. Well, the suggestion is that uh, that immigration and uh, you know immigration is keeping the people that would do such a thing out, and also that the police organizations are doing such a good job of uh, you know sort of uh, you know messing with people Mm -hmm. in the mosques and things that are that are homegrown terrorists don't have a chance to organize. No, well, they can they can tell you whatever they want to. They can make whatever suggestion they want to, Mark. But it's a bunch of poppycock. That's what governments do, though. They they, they create a scapegoat. They point to some minority, and it's they create a, a divisiveness, us versus them, and they you know that's the way it is. That's how governments thrive. That that suggestion, those that suggestions, much is true, Pete. I, I I would not disagree with that at all. Those suggestions that you're talking about, Mark, are just as uh, as pointless as. Oh well, anyway, let's go back to you and your thoughts here. Let's talk to. Uh, to Daryl, listening in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live. Daryl. Hey, guys. Uh, the thing that I believe Pete brought up about uh, the cops being able to listen to voice tones and monitor body language, mm-hmm. uh, that it's uh, a system called Cyguard, and it's already being implemented in Europe. And it's actually possibly already implemented in the U.S. Uh, the NSA has been, you know, possibly accused of using it with something they've implemented called Perfect Citizen, oh, which God. uses satellites. That does sound awful. And uh, the backscatter X-ray machines that they use at the airports, they have mobile versions of these that a town in Massachusetts started buying last year to go around, and they're checking for supposedly just for car bombs, but they can also point this thing at houses and look in your house for supposedly explosive material. Yeah, we've seen the news about that. Uh, it's like right out of uh, V for Vendetta with the trucks, the government trucks driving around monitoring people. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. Let's talk to Zach in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Zach. Zach in Florida. Uh, how's it going? Uh, hey. Long-time listener. What's on your mind tonight, Zach? Uh, well, I have a question about what to do about the debt when, you know, if we ever do get the smaller government, lower taxes... Do you implement some kind of a, a tax to pay down the debt? Or no, it's not your debt. Amendment, maybe? It's not your debt. Well, obviously, the 14th Amendment makes, it, makes them able to tax us, correct? I don't know. I don't know the what their system 16th is. 16th Amendment? Uh, you know, I don't claim to know anything about their Carter, system, and I Carter don't know any of their money that they've spent. So I'd love to approach this, Zach, but I can't do it in the 10 seconds that we have left. Yeah, you're welcome to call us back tomorrow night. I'd like to talk to you about it. Thanks for the call. Uh, out of time, uh, Pete. You guys, good luck down in Greenfield. I appreciate it. Thanks You're for heading time. out Sunday. Folks, go to libertyontour.com to see more of Pete and Damon and what they're up to. And we'll be back tomorrow night at freetalklive.com. See you. The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as 3 bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And here's Mark. All right, it's another edition of the Edgington Post here on Free Talk Live. Uh, obviously, this is Mark Edge, and I have today with me Ike Brennan. Um, and you're from the American Action Forum? That's right. What's your, what is your title over there? 
I'm a director of economic policy. Excellent. Now, um, I if you've got an article that's coming out along with uh, Sam Batkins here um, in the the newest issue of uh, Regulation Magazine, and it's about how the Obama administration has altered the way that the the sort of the, the equation that it's used in the federal cost benefit analysis. Can you uh, can you break that on down for me? <laughs> yeah, sure. So every Every uh, major regulation, and that's every regulation that, that is expected to cost somebody or the economy more than $100 million a year, oh my has goodness. to undergo a, a cost-benefit analysis. And you have to make sure, um, in this case, the administration has to ensure that the costs um, are outweighed by the, uh, the benefits. And um, as you might expect, there are a number of rules that uh, certain administrations, like the current one, uh, that want to do that, that actually don't meet this test. And so... One of the ways they've gone around it is they've taken things like uh, the cost of hiring people to comply or the cost of hiring regulators to enforce regulations, and they decided to call these not the cost of actually enforcing a regulation, but they've decided to call these benefits because you're increasing employment in one way or another. Oh, my goodness. So it really is kind of like uh, the stats law, where if everyone just would just break more windows, you'd get uh, more employment, and the economy would be doing better. Yeah, well, why not just create a bunch of, uh, create a bunch of jobs of people doing nonsense, and uh, then we'll, the, the, the world will be at work. No, that's exactly right. It's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's so, one of the things that's kind of disturbed me about the Obama administration is that their economists have been very aggressive about distorting economics in order to be kind of part of the team. I'm not even I, sure that that qualifies as Keynesian economics. What would you call this kind of economics? Just sort of uh, stupidomics? Yeah, I'm not sure if you can put the, the, the suffix conomics on it. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's pure, it really is. It's pure obfuscation. It's no, one, no one would think that if you make people hire more workers that that somehow is a benefit for society or for that business or for anyone. It's a cost of compliance. It really is a complete bastardization of of a process. I guess it really is. I mean, I can't. So, um, has this been done? Is it is something that's proposed? How close are we to this uh, well, clearly really bad piece of legislation or policy? Yeah. So yeah. So it, it they they started to do this for a number of policies in the last six months. Um, the guy who's in charge of the uh, Office of uh, Information and um, Office of Information Regulatory Affairs, a, a guy by the name of Cass Sunstein, a University of Chicago lawyer of some renown. Uh, yeah, um, I've, I've actually, I've, have I interviewed him? His name sounds very familiar to me. I feel like he's been on the show before. Okay. Um, so he's one of the regulatory uh, bigwigs in, in the field. And, you know, he is someone eminently well qualified for this position. And, um, you know, as far as kind of the conservative liberal bent, like he's as good as you could hope the administra- Obama administration would put in there. But for whatever reason, he's decided he wants to be a part of the team and he wants to help the EPA. And EPA issues probably 80 to 90 percent of all regulations that go through OIRA. He decided he wants to help them get their regulations through. And, you know, one of the things they're concerned about is that, you know, it's, it's possible that in 18 months they're not uh, running the, the, the White House anymore, in which case that all these regulations might die in the vine. So 
there really is a concerted push to get uh, all these regulations through, not just in EPA, but uh, Department of Labor and um, all these other reg- all these other regulatory agencies as well. Yeah, I haven't had. I certainly haven't had Cass Sunstein on because I would, if I did, I would have probably uh, um, crucified him. But I mean, it's amazing <laughs> to me that <laughs> um, that you know somebody can can sort of just change the way that they you know that ch- change their morals uh, when they get into a position like this. I, you know, I think uh, it's 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 something that uh, that I think happens on both sides of the aisle. Oh yeah, I, I'm certainly disappointed in a number of uh, of my economist friends who went to the White House and suddenly were advocating positions that they knew darn well were not really what's best for the economy in the United States, but were. Uh, had some short-term expedient uh, issues for them to uh, pursue. I think probably the most famous of these is Alan Greenspan. Uh, you know, traditionally a, a gold bug before he, uh, you know, became the you know <laughs> the the leader of the Federal Reserve there and uh, sort of changed the way he did business entirely. Yeah, that's right. Or you know, economists uh, in the in the Bush administration saying nice things about. Uh, President Bush's policy to impose steel tariffs back in in 2001, or they were saying nice things about uh, when they decided to um, dramatically increase subsidies for agriculture policy in 2001. You know, on the outside, I'm not sure there was an economist who agreed with them that wasn't being paid by USDA. But uh, you know, it's it's being an economist in any administration is a difficult balancing act because you really need to be the person who who you know produces imposes common sense and reality on a whole lot of bad costly ideas and no one wants to be the guy who says no all the time and eventually if you're there long enough you uh, you get co-opted so you know there's been a little talk in the press about how uh, all the, the the fact that the Obama administration economic team is all uh, departing and what what does this mean it's it's a good and healthy thing these people have been totally co-opted by Washington DC and by the political process and it would be great to bring in people, even if they're Democrats, who are um, less co-opted and, and are coming in with a, f- a fresh set of eyes. So um, what can – I mean, you know, I, it, this is policy. There's not really much that one can do about it. It's not like anybody voted on this. There's no representative or senator to vote out for this. No, that's right. But, you know, who, who's uh, the person who's been really good on this, uh, two, two people really, Daryl Issa, who's in the government oversight, House Government Oversight Committee chairman, He's been really good about calling hearings and, and bringing this to people's attention. And he brought Cass Sunstein in front of the committee and grilled him on this and asked him if he really thought that making a company hire more workers to comply with regulations is a benefit for society. And, and Cass Sunstein said, of course it's not, and we don't mean – we, you're right, we shouldn't be imposing this, and we need to be more careful on this. And so I, I think I think Dur- and uh, John Shimkus of Illinois, who uh, is on the Energy and Commerce Committee, which has oversight on uh, the Office of Information Regulatory Affairs, he's done a lot of um, investigating of this as well. So, having a couple of sets of eyes in Congress and letting these people know that they are being watched and that uh, if they go too far out of the mainstream, there are people who are willing to throw down legislation. I, I think that's that's really an important check on these regulatory agencies. I guess it would be the only check that you could get on these regulatory agencies. It, it really is. They they have a, a wide degree of uh, of latitude, and you know, OIRA, which is is housed within OMB, they're supposed to be the agency that checks what EPA, uh, DOT, uh, Department of Labor, and all these things do. And when when OIRA is wanting to play ball with with these agencies, it really becomes a gigantic conflict of, of interest, and it happens to some degree, I think, in in every administration. But um, I actually was in OIRA a little bit in the Bush administration, and um, 
I, I can tell you that the, the relationship between OIRA and uh, the EPA was um, was was not not terribly uh, not terribly civil, right? EPA wants to issue as many regulations as they can, and the yep. Bush administration wanted to stop as many as they could. Sure. So that you know, put, kind of put a, a stumbling block for them. You know, it's it's amazing that these uh, alphabet soup agencies out there they, they they're put into existence and then they just kind of make their own rules as they go along, and there's not much that can be done about it. Yeah, and you know, so there there have been some efforts this Congress to um, to introduce le- legislation has been introduced to um, require Congress to do more of this uh, regulatory stuff themselves, but. The problem is, is that members of Congress and, and their staff simply don't have the expertise. Yeah. Um, I, but I don't know what the middle ground is. I, I certainly don't want to trust the EPA alone to do all this stuff. And I think, you know, all I can come up with is, A, if we had an administration that, that took its its regulatory oversight at OIRA seriously, that would help. But um, in, until we have that, we need to uh, make sure we, we elect people who run the oversight committees, such as Energy and Commerce and uh, Government Oversight, and and make sure that those people running those committees are keeping a close eye on what these committees are doing. You know, if we just had an oversight committee for the oversight committee, then we'd finally have freedom. <laughs> That's what we need. So, Can I be a part of that oversight of the oversight committee? <laughs> well, you don't want me as part of that oversight committee, I can assure you. <laughs> Somebody's going to have me assassinated if I'm on anything in Washington, D.C., because that's just not going to go any farther. <laughs> I mean, I don't believe in anything they're doing there. <laughs> so uh, I think this is a very it's, it's a very interesting article, and you guys do a very good job with with some, uh, you know, some stuff that can be kind of dry and wonky. Um, so, you know, how can people read this article, uh, get involved and uh, find out more about what you're doing, Ike? Uh, so, um, so Regulation Magazine is on uh, the Cato Institute website, and um, also the AmericanActionForum.org is a website of our institution, and uh, all the articles that uh, Sam Batkins, who's our Director of Regulatory Studies, and I write can be found at that website as well. That's AmericanActionForum.org? Um, that's right. Um, we're a new think tank. We're um, exact. We just celebrated our uh, first anniversary. We're here in uh, in the belly of the beast here in Washington D.C. and we mainly focus on um, tax, budget, trade, and regulatory issues. But we try to do uh, a little bit of everything. You know, um, since you're, uh, you know, I I just keep on getting pounded with this one, and I think our economy has uh, is in is in such a a shape that I. I, I, I'm that I get asked this question a lot, and I'm not going to say that I'm the best uh, person to answer this every time. But you know, I get a lot of listeners that complain that we don't have a manufacturing base in this country, and I don't know whether that necessarily is a terrible thing or not. I mean, I don't. I at my house, we don't manufacture anything. Um, so does every country and every company need to manufacture is manufacturing only possible where labor is cheap would we have manufacturing again if we did away with say immigration controls and uh you know uh, minimum wage rules and things like that it's uh you know that, that's a that, that's a great question and um and yeah as you as you guess it's a really complicated question I, w- I would say a couple of things first is that we still do have a healthy manufacturing base uh, and if you look at where our manufacturing base excels, it's where we need, uh, where we have high value-added industries, and we need relatively skilled labor. Okay, what um, is high value-added? So um, the, think about the two, probably the, the two biggest export industries we have in the United States are 
um, airplane manufacturing and construction equipment uh, manufacturing. Okay. So, um, let me let me give you an anecdote. I'm from a small town just outside of Peoria called Mossville, Illinois. Uh, the only reason you might have heard of it is that it has um, a major caterpillar manufacturing plant and uh, a major technical research center is in my uh, my hometown of, of 800 people. And everybody in guess, Mossville works for Caterpillar. <laughs> it it uh, when I was you know when I was growing up it really was 80 percent of my classmates had uh, one parent who was working for Caterpillar. It was uh, as big as a company town as you can imagine in the 1970s. Mm-hmm. But um, Caterpillar um, is keeps hiring workers in, in Mossville. They keep hiring engineers, and uh, part of it is that they have an international base and they sell things um, all around the country. I, let me give you one anecdote that kind of illustrates how things have changed and why Caterpillar is successful. A buddy of mine growing up always wanted to be a sheet metal worker like his father. His father was on the assembly line at Caterpillar. Uh, in the early 1980s, as you know, we had a big uh, economic uh, recession, not unlike what we're in right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Caterpillar went through a big funk. My friend graduated from high school, um, got one under, uh, one associate's degree, got another associate's degree, um, got a couple years of college, and the whole time was working for various manufacturing um, subsidiaries of uh, Caterpillar uh, subcontractors. And when he was 40 years old, he finally got his job with Caterpillar in the sheet metal industry. And the deal was that he had to finish his uh, engineering degree. But he was, he did literally took his dad's job when his dad retired. Wow. The difference was in those 20 years, that job went from being a blue-collar job on the assembly line to a white-collar job behind a computer in an office. Really? And so, so he's just, like, pushing buttons and the, the machines are cutting stuff. He, that's right. He's pushing buttons. He's programming machines. He's going out and talking to the workers and talking to them about how to do these things. But... He has be, that job has become a white collar job, and if you kind of count up the number of manufacturing workers, I'm sure my friend does not show up as being a manufacturing worker. Um, but a lot of these jobs have kind of morphed into white collar jobs. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, what what is a bad thing is, is is that some of these jobs are very difficult to do, and we don't have the qualified people. Yeah. You know, my friend always talks to me about a job on the assembly line that involves. Somebody being on a line where you know oil splashing in his face. You're, you've got uh, you've got these tools in your hand. You're grinding. It looks like a blue collar job, except it requires a knowledge of calculus to do it. How many people are you know? How many people out there are willing to do a blue collar job who have a college degree in uh, in mathematics? Not I don't a think lot. a whole. Bu- yeah, I would not imagine a whole bunch of them would be. Um, I mean, yeah, usually blue collar is either blue collar or you have the math degree. Not both. That's right. Huh. Well, right. you know, I mean, people are lamenting the the loss of sort of the company town here in the United States. But, uh, you know, the same sort of people were complaining about a company town at the time. So I don't know. You know, I'm, it, it's it's a difficult, difficult conundrum to uh, sort of parse out. You know, it, it's it's never really healthy when all your jobs depend on one company. And um, look, I, I love I love my hometown of Mossville, but uh and, and the fact that Caterpillar keeps growing is, is wonderful, but if something ever happened to one company, it, it, you know, Caterpillar, Caterpillar has succeeded remarkably because in the 1990s, the fundamental relationship between the union and the company, um, the, the big three, G, uh, GM, Ford, and Chrysler refused to do that, and uh, as a result, they, they, went, they underwent bankruptcy. Yeah. Caterpillar not undertaken that, that seismic change? Had they not decided that they were going to decide how, who was going to run the plant, how they were going to run the plant, and how to pay their employees? 
Caterpillar would have gone bankrupt in 2008 with those other companies. I, I shudder to think what would happen to my hometown had they not done that. Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm afraid that uh, sweet union job with the uh, the pension and all those, you know, the benefits that went with it, I'm af- afraid have pretty much gone away as of the 80s. And a lot of people are really upset about it. But I, I you know, I don't see how there's going to be re- the return of that. There's just too much competition in the labor market now. It's uh, uh, energy is relatively cheap and you can make stuff and have half the globe away and uh, truck it around in, in ships and and you know it's just it, it's just cheaper yeah well but you know if, if any company in the united states has shown us what the route future might be for uh for blue collar labor it, it's caterpillar so the the deal is now if you are pushing a broom and doing an unskilled job you are paid like an unskilled worker if you are willing to undertake uh, training and, and get an education and, and do more difficult jobs caterpillar will pay you for that and these guys have some have some job stability. They're paid a decent wage. They live in a nice community, at least since you know I I kind of like Mossville in the Greater Peoria area. But um, you know I think you're right. The days of of people making eighty thousand dollars a year for an unskilled job and retiring when they're fifty two, um, those those that life should never have happened to begin with. We we somehow got a, a good two or three decades out of that, and that will never happen again. Unless you work for the government. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Assuming that beast is going to be here in another ten or fifteen years, I, I really just kind of, I kind of wonder. I mean, it, it, it seems like it's spending itself into oblivion. I, I, you know, I don't know what's going to take it, take its place. Whether it's going to be some kind of new, leaner government that's just kind of rise up in the ash. I don't know. It's, uh, I, I think it'd be interesting to see. Let's say they do freeze budgets of all these major agencies for five or ten years. It'll really be interesting to see how they respond to that. Um, you know, the joke always, you can go to any, any government agency and eliminate every other person, and you wouldn't see a discernible note in, change in any, uh, in any services. So Except the howling. Try that. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 the wall of uh, complaints from uh, the, the, gov- the public se- sector unions, would <laughs> they'd rise up in arms, pitchforks and torches. Well, I thought it was interesting that the meme today on the, uh, speaking of government workers, the meme today has been uh, with the last shuttle launch about all these great innovations we're going to lose that somehow came about because of the shuttle. I said, are we going to do, are we going to, are we going to lament the same things if we had to close down the post office? I suppose you know it's interesting the the lamentations all these uh, benefits are made by the private market. I mean, you know, all these things that are that are attributed to the space program, you know, maybe the space program made some level of demand for them, but the the, the private marketplace created these things. The government didn't. I I I think that the, the whole idea that we we discovered all these wonderful things because of the space shuttle is just a load of hooey. Um, I thought it was funny. So I'm on, we're listening to NPR this morning. I, I, I know most of your crowd doesn't listen to it. I listen to it, so you don't have to. I do. But but they but they asked they asked the director of NASA who was talking about all the great uh, all the great things we've learned because of the space shuttle. And all I could come up with is we're much better at at dealing with the problems related to weightlessness. They gave him a minute to go on and on. That's all he could come up with. Well, look, that that doesn't necessarily need to be a problem anymore. <laughs> I think there are there are things we can learn from from space. I'm not sure we need to have people going up in space, which increases the cost of doing space exploration by an order of magnitude. Well, I think that um, I, I think that there are things to be learned out in space, and I think that people should go out there. I just don't think that people uh, that uh, taxpayers should have to fund it. I mean, look at Spaceship One and Spaceship Two. I mean, these are incredible examples of yeah. uh, you know. The, the private marketplace exploiting what is valuable in space 
and uh, you know making it so that uh, you know there's there's something to be that everybody can benefit there's something to be gained out there i know there there, there are those that'll claim oh well if it wasn't for nasa spaceship 1 and spaceship 2 wouldn't have been possible well we won't know because uh, the united states government gave itself a monopoly in this country in space exploration and only recently has it backed off of that that's right well, Ike, thank you for your time. I've got to get on and do the, uh, the the regular show, but this interview will be attached to the podcast, and uh, you know, folks can uh, find out more by going to it's AmericanActionForum.org. AmericanActionForum.org. Thanks, Ike. Hey, my pleasure. What if the key to achieving liberty in your lifetime was to move together with others who think like you? Liberty activists are joining the Free State Project, which is over halfway to its goal of 20,000 participants. And they're already making the move to New Hampshire. The successes are piling up and are proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. From demonstrations and vigils to outreach and volunteering, there's a lot going on in Keene. Keene is also the undisputed liberty media capital of the world, with television, talk radio, and more, all originating here. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, free books, a forum, and activist tools you can download and use in your area at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com.